Blog Talk Radio. Okay, guys, so I don't know if the, there's uh, nobody in the chat room, I don't know if the show is actually on right now. Um, I'm not getting the, it shows the uh, intro playing, but I'm not getting any sound. So we're going to try something here real quick, just in case some of you are listening with me. We are going to dial into the phone line and see if I can hear what's going on or if we are having issues. We've got no callers on the line right now. We've got nobody in the chat room, and I can't hear the um, start music. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Okay, so I think we were having a little bit of technical difficulties when we first got started. Um, I think things, um, I, can, I, could hear the, uh, <laughs> I could hear the intro play, so that's a good sign. Um, hopefully we're live and broadcasting. So if you are um, if you are hearing this and you are not able to get it, if you if you're trying to listen to the show, you're not able to get in the chat room. Just keep poking it with a stick. It's going to let you in here eventually. Okay. Um, and then trying to call in. I don't know what's going on with the lines right now, so uh, I'm trying to send a message over to tech support so we can kind of see what's going on. If you want to call in tonight, you can dial uh, 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. And if it's not letting you in, if you're getting that fast busy signal, um, then just go ahead and keep trying. It'll let you in eventually. I'm sure the techs are working on it which is I'm sure it's what they will tell me in just a minute. But that means that hopefully we're going to be able to get to play some audio tracks to start out with tonight. So I'm going to play a couple audio tracks of um, get a hold of the uh, text and see what's going on. All right, we'll be right back with you. The one I'm going to play right now is really, really awesome. I love this piece. It's brand new to the library. It's Phil K, and it's spelled K-A-Y-E. And if you would fill with one L, it's called Camaro. If you'd like to check him out, you can check him out. He's all over YouTube. Fantastic. Part of a group called Poetry Button. And uh, so, yeah, this is Phil K. I'm going to play a couple tracks, and then we will be with you in a moment. 
you and I are standing at the Hertz rent-a-car counter. And you are trying to convince me to rent a convertible. <laughs> you say, the extra hundred bucks won't be something we remember years from now. You are wrong. <laughs> I remember. But you're also right. Later that afternoon, we drive down the coast of California in a white convertible Camaro. Three hours south of San Francisco is Big Sur, a stretch of coastline where the cliffs cleave into the Pacific Ocean. And we drive along the edge of the blade. I notice the fog, how it emerges from the mountains themselves, as if we are not the only ones to sigh relief. I look over at you, hair whipping back in a wind you bargained for. I want to say something, but I do not know what. And so I tell you a story. In elementary school, I had a crush on a girl for three years, first to third grade. And one day she left school without telling anybody in the middle of the year, left on a normal Tuesday and did not come back. I never said a single word to her. Thought about it. Definitely thought about it. I wanted to say, I like how your left shoe is always untied. How you raise your hand with your palm facing the back of the room. How you always sharpen your pencil during math class. And you pass my desk to do it. In the convertible, you laugh. Say how... You like how carefully I choose my words, that we are comfortable in silence. I say, I love you, which is not something I say often. Later, we come upon wet cement. We giggle, fingers out, ready to write our names, two aliens phoning home. Then we stop, talk about how it would be insensitive, how this is not our block. Keep walking, do not hold hands. Do not talk about what it means to write our names next to each other, what it means to let that harden. Over the sound of our footsteps, I want to say something, but I do not know what. Weeks later, we are sitting in a restaurant in this city that is never silent, but in our corner it is quiet for a long time. And then you say, Adventure is important to me now. And you leave on a normal Tuesday and do not come back. I visit all the places we have gone, like a tourist trespassing in a Hollywood neighborhood, hoping to spot a star for just a few seconds. I visit many places, speak to many people, speak through a microphone, so I cannot hear anything else. Months later, we see each other. You tell me, you look okay. You tell me, you did so many things right. You tell me, I do not know what to say. I nod in agreement. And for a moment, we are together 
two aliens phoning home. And then you leave, and it is quiet. And I ask questions to an empty room. Do you remember the Camaro? The fog. The middle-aged woman with the side ponytail at the rent-a-car counter. The hundred bucks. How you thought we wouldn't remember any of this years from now. But I do. I remember. That was Phil Page performing Camaro. Check him out on YouTube. Absolutely amazing. I'm going to be playing another piece with him in just a moment. I want to remind everybody we are having technical difficulties tonight. So if you are trying to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. If you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. They are trying as quickly as possible to get our lines up and running. If you are able to get through, hang on for dear life. <laughs> All right. And uh, for those of you are trying to get into the chat room, it is down. Just keep refreshing the page, and if you're listening to us online, the uh, chat room's right underneath the live player. So just refresh the page, and uh, hopefully the chat room will be up and running here in just a little bit. Have some announcements to do before we get started. First of all, if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, you do not have to be a professional workshop provider, by the way, to do this. It's just a way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time together than we're naturally afforded on this show. Shoot me over a message. Probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, the number or the number, the name is Nyla N Y L A, like New York, Los Angeles N Y L A. Nyla Alicia A L I S I A. My last name, and shoot me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together, and we will get that set up. Your workshops can be on anything you want. We can talk about, uh, you know, a specific era of poetry, a specific poet, a poem, uh, a genre, a style. We can talk about, you know, you can do do an actual workshop where we go through step by step on creating a poem together. Whatever it is you want to do. We can do a half-hour show up to three hours, depending on what you need, and these can be pre-recorded. They can be done live or a combination of both. So the cool part about that is if you want to pre-record it, that means you can sit down, get all your notes together, pre-record it on your computer, do all your editing, add the bells and whistles if you want, and email me over a MP3 file. We can get that uploaded to the show and be able to do it pre-recorded. Boom, easy, done. Uh, if you want to do it live, we can do that, just like a live call-in show like we're doing right now. If you want to have audience participation, or like I said, a combination of both. We can play the workshop portion first, and then after that's over, we can go ahead and open the show up live to callers and be able to take questions and things like that. So it's whatever we need to put together. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some real fun ones coming up, and uh, really looking forward to that. Next thing I want to do is I want to thank Star Sevron, Magenta, uh, James Wensapian and Roy Murdoch for helping sponsor the show last year. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Every year we have a $1,000 licensing fee that has to be covered so that we can broadcast on the air live to you worldwide. And they helped take care of parts of that last year. Really appreciate you guys helping me out with that. If you're interested in sponsoring the show this year, we are coming up to the end of our licensing uh, on-air agreement at the end of this month. So if you're interested in helping sponsor the show for another year with me, you can shoot me over a message on Facebook or send me an email, 
and I'll tell you how you can do that. And we would much appreciate for those that sponsored the show last year once again. Um, thank you so much. We appreciate you, and uh, you know we, we couldn't do this without you. So, yeah, we love you guys. Thanks. And then next thing we have. So, first of all, I need to tell you because I was looking at last week we had National Women's Day, and I was thinking, well, you know, what's cool coming up this week? You know, maybe we have some kind of a National Something Day. And I think that this might be something that I start doing just for fun because this is really cool, and it's going to kind of tie in to some other stuff. So I, I tried to figure out, okay, what's today? What's cool about today, right? March 14th, believe it or not, March 14th today is National Learn About Butterflies Day. Mm-hmm. I can't make this up. Learn About Butterflies Day. Happy Learn About Butterflies Day. So I thought in the spirit that I would go down a, a quick list, uh, like 10, like there's like 10, 11 things, not 10 things, I think, um, that are really cool about butterflies. I think there's 10. I did one twice and left one off. There's supposed to be 11, but now there's only 10. Okay, anyway, so here's some really cool things about butterflies. Now, the reason I'm doing this is... When you're writing, you know, I'm always telling you that you want to write something surprising. You want to write about it in a way that's not been written about before. You want to think of things that are new and fresh and exciting and people that make people's brains stop and say, huh, what? wow, that was freaking amazing. And you all know the lines. We've all heard them. We all, you know what I'm talking about. So as writers, we can't just sit there and rely on what's in our brain. You have to have input in order to have output. And the more input, the more tools you give your brain, the more things that you feed into your brain creatively, the more you're going to be able to produce, the better things that you'll be able I mean, think if you only had, you know, like your, think about, okay, perfect example. Remember when we were in kindergarten and we got those packs of eight crayons and they had eight colors in it, right? And then remember when we hit about sixth grade, and we finally got that giant box that had the built-in pencil sharpener or crayon sharpener in the back, and it had 136 colors. All right, that's your brain. So do you want to sit there and try to create something great with eight crayons, which I'm sure you can. You just have to be super extra creative. Or do you want to sit there and open up that box of 136, whatever it was, crayons, and look at that giant thing, that pool that you can pull from, and be able to swirls and all that stuff. So it's really, really important, you guys. We, we walk through our day, and we do our jobs, and we do our dishes, and we wash our laundry, and we call our moms, and we do all the stuff that we're supposed to do, right? But how many minutes during the day do you take to feed your creative side, to feed your soul? Because basically, let's face it, that's what your creative side is. It's your soul. It's who you are when you are standing there like a tree in the middle of the winter, stripped bare of all your leaves, buck-ass naked in the cold. All right? When you're not wearing any hats, when you're not answering someone's call, when you're not being what someone else wants you to be, when you're stripped down to your bare soul, you have the soul of a poet, a creative soul, a soul of an artist. So what do you do to nurture that core? These things that I give you at the beginning of every show, which if you ever get stuck and you want to think about something to write about, just go back to the beginning of any of our shows. Usually they're within the first 15, 20 minutes of the show, but not first 15, really, seriously. Um, <laughs> I don't. Hopefully I don't talk that long. Um, 
But there's all kinds of things for you to do. So if you get stuck ever, go check out our archives. There's lots of fun stuff in there. So when I heard it was Learn About Butterflies Day, it kind of tickled me because one of my favorite things, and trust me, I'm going to tie this all in together eventually. One of my favorite, I carry three books with me all the time, and one of them is a thesaurus. And I love to sit down and just randomly read the thesaurus, okay? And because I learned new and awesome and strange and wonderful words. So when I pulled up Learn About a Butterfly Day, and I started pulling up all this stuff, and I started reading through this list, I thought, oh, my God. Do you know how incredible it would be? So I'm writing about somebody, something. I'm writing about a poem, and I'm trying to figure out how to say something. And if I sit there and I've got this, then I can pull from this knowledge I have put into my brain and somehow metaphorically use it in a poem in a totally surprising and unique way. So as I'm reading through this list, I want you to think of ways you could use these lines poetically or use them as an example of something or how you could use it, that information. And then we'll get to more of that when I get down into your exercise and uh, prompt in just a moment. So this is our March 14th Learn About a Butterfly Fun Facts. Learn About a Butterfly's Day Fun Facts. So do you know that butterflies taste with their feet? They don't have tongues. They have little taste molecules on their feet. Unlike flies, flies are the grossest thing in the world, by another random fact, by the way. Do you know that every single time that a fly lands, this is why if a fly lands on my food, I will not touch it again. It's, I'm done. I don't care if it's a $100 steak in front of me. If a fly lands on it, I just, Every single time a fly lands, it throws up. Then it sticks its little sucky face needle thing down in there and, and sucks up its puke to see if it is food or not and if it should eat it. It's so gross. Flies are nasty. But butterflies, they just have little tongues on their feet. I can handle a butterfly landing on my steak, I think. So, one, <laughs> that was really gross, wasn't it? Oh, I must have issues. Okay, shaking it off. Shake it off. I'm thinking about that song. Okay. So, butterflies taste with their feet, too. A group of butterflies is sometimes called a flutter. So, think about seeing a bunch of girls together gabbing and laughing and having fun in a mall, like a bunch of little social butterflies. You know, you could, knowing this, you could use the example of a flutter of girls comparing them to a group of fluttering social butterflies. See what I'm doing there? Mm -hmm. Their eyes are made of 6,000 lenses, and they can see ultraviolet light. 6,000 lenses and can see ultraviolet light. What would it be like to look through the eyes like that? What would the world look like? What would you see? It would be like a kaleidoscope. You know, so maybe you're trying to describe looking at the world like a kaleidoscope, and you can use that as an example. There are 165,000 known species of butterflies found around the world on every continent except Antarctica. Many adult butterflies never poop. They use up all they eat for energy, so they don't poop. So when you say, you know, the only one that can say my poop don't stink is a butterfly. Despite popular belief, butterfly wings are clear, all of them. The color and patterns we see are made by the reflections of tiny scales that cover them. So they're clear, but the colors, the way that the things, yeah, okay, so that's what that means. We'll have to figure that out because I'm thinking, wouldn't that change then if it was against a green background? I'm going to have to look at that one more. But that's an interesting fact. So 
butterf- I thought this was interesting because I remember one time back in the 80s, um, you know, when you wore these super skin-tight jeans, all that stuff, you know, you lay down the zip-up. I remember a guy asking me one time, he says, do women go to school to learn how to walk in a perfect figure-eight pattern? You know, the way you move your hips when you walk. He wanted to know, because I was walking, and he walks up to him. That, that was, I guess, his come on line. He says, you know, do girls go to school to learn how to walk in that figure-eight pattern? Butterfly wings move in a figure-eight motion. So imagine somehow being able to describe the different, you know, the, 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 the way a woman walks compared to the way that, that a butterfly wings move in a figure-eight motion. Males drink from mud puddles to extract minerals <laughs> that aren't available in flowers. This kind of behavior, and it's not just one place. One thing I said was one source that I read said males. Another one said that uh, said butterflies. So I don't know if it's just the males or, or whether it's just general uh, butterflies in general. But they drink from mud puddles to extract minerals that aren't available in flowers. And this behavior is known as puddling. That's really cool, huh? Puddling is butterflies is what it's called when butterflies drink out of mud puddles. This is awesome because if you if you think about the the uh, the contradiction of beauty and danger and darkness, and you would never think this, but some butterflies are vampiric, vampires. They drink blood from the open wounds on animals. So some butterflies are vampires. That's awesome. All right, and the last one is uh, scientists thought butterflies were deaf until the first butterfly ears were identified in 1912. How do you discover butterfly ears? What in the world was someone doing? You know, with magnifying glass. Oh my God, her ears are pierced. They have ears. She had pierced ears, I guess. You know, that's how they figured it out. I don't know. Anyway, so they didn't know butterflies had ears until 1912. Imagine that, discovering new things all the time. So those are your fun learn about butterfly days fact. Butterflies day facts. Are, are you excited? Was that fun? Okay. So anyway, I want you to keep that in mind. Okay. I see a couple people have finally been able to get into chat. Once again, guys, we are having technical issues. So if you are trying to get in to the show, please keep trying. Mama, I see that you're... Uh, I repeat, repeat what, what part am I supposed to repeat? I'll send you the archives, my love, Mama. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we are having issues with the lines. If you're trying to get in and getting that fast, busy signal, please keep poking it with a stick. If you are trying to get into the chat room, just keep refreshing the page. It will let you in eventually. So there's a couple things I'm going to go over. We're going to do your exercise. At every the beginning of every show, I give you an exercise and a writing prompt. And the writing prompt is going to be pretty easy. A writing prompt is kind of like planting a seed. You know, it, it, the intent is for it to to grow into a poem. And the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be the line, for a line inside the poem, or it can just be the general concept of the poem itself. Okay? So the because of, I was talking about, you know, learn about Butterflies Day, happy March 14th. Um, the prompt is a flutter, a flutter. That's your prompt. So write that down. And, uh, you, you know, there's no time limit on this. It's just planting a seed. If it grows into something awesome, if not, then we'll give you a new one next week. Never short of prompts. 
Okay, so this week your prompt is a flutter. Now, the exercise, I'm going to take a little bit more time to talk about that because it's kind of in two parts. Last week I gave you an exercise, and remember I said not all exercise the exercises consist of getting up and writing something on a piece of paper. An exercise in creativity is stepping out of your comfort zone, doing something you don't normally do, looking at things in a way you normally may not look at them, write about them in a way you would never had written about them before, whatever. But it isn't always sitting down and putting pen to paper. Sometimes it's something more. Sometimes it's putting the pen down and walking outside and taking a walk and paying attention to every single red thing you see. Or it is going to a coffee shop and sitting by yourself and just watching people and watching interactions and picking up tidbits of conversations and look at people's, their emotions, their expressions, their body language. You know, watch the girl at the cash register, the way she interacts with each person, the way they interact with their coworkers. All of that is input. All of that is feeding things into your brain. So at some point when you sit down to write, your brain, and you're sitting there trying to write about an interaction between two people in your poem, your brain's going to automatically pull from that pool and remember those things you see. So an exercise is not always writing. An exercise is just doing something different that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And remember, it's only when we're out of our comfort zones that we grow. All right, so last week your exercise was to get a journal. And a couple weeks before that was to go buy yourself a brand new pen because there's nothing cooler than writing with that special pen. And we all know what I'm talking about, the one where the ink just is it just smooth, it flows, it feels good in the hand. There's nothing better than writing with an awesome pen. And I really want you, I, last week's one was really important to me because I really want you to get a journal. You know, I really want us to get away from the backlit world. We sit in front of a backlit world so often you know, 90% of our day for some of us, you know, our waking hours are spent in front of a computer screen, in front of something, you know, our phone screens and all of that. When you are forced to hold a pen in your hand and write in a notebook, write in a journal, your brain cannot, your hand cannot write the 65 words a minute that you can type or however fast you can type. When you write with a pen, it causes you to slow down. It causes your brain to slow down because your brain can only think as fast as your hand can write. And sometimes, in, like in my case, I can't read what I've written when I'm done because I'm writing so fast that I go back and I think, oh, my God, what in the world was that? It was probably genius and it's gone forever because I can't read my writing. Um, but it is important. I think that writing with a pen and a paper is important. I think it is, there is a ritual to it that we can't let get away with away from us as writers. And when you have your journal with you, you can write something down anywhere, no matter where you are. You know, you could be standing in line at the grocery store or sitting in your car at a red light, whatever. And if you think about something to write, you can't pull up your computer. You can't pull up the notes in your phone. You know, it's so much easier just to flip your notebook open, grab your pen, and write it down real fast, and boom, done, you're gone. And you can go back and look at it later. All right? So having that journal, having that pen is extremely, extremely important. So... The notebook that I wanted you to go get last week, what I want you to do, and I told you that this was going to be an exercise that may be difficult for some of you, but if you do this, within a month, you are going to, the next 28 days, it's really important, 28 days, 
It's important you do this for 28 days in a row. Every morning, I want you to sit down and write for five minutes. I don't care what you write. You can write, I've got to get up. I've got to brush my teeth. I've got to go to work. I've got to find my green shoes. I need to call my mom. It's been two weeks since I've called my mom. I don't care what it is you write. This is not to be beautiful. It's not to be poetic. It's just to simply make your pen move. Five minutes every morning. When you sit up in the morning, you reach over, you grab your pen, you write the first thing that comes to your brain, write it out, done, boom, gone. You know, you can take it, you can, you know, before you get out of bed, that's when I like to do that. But if you, you know, you sit and do it over coffee, um, you can keep the, the thing in the bathroom where you, you've got, you know, like no one can bug you, you've got like five minutes to yourself. You can do it before you go to bed at night. But I think that it's much better if you do it first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning or right before you go to bed. Because first thing in the morning you get all this crap. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Whatever. But if you get all that crap out of your head first thing in the morning, then you're kind of facing the day with a clear head. And the same thing, if you do it right before you go to bed at night, you're getting all that crap out of your head and you can go to bed with a clear head. So I really want you to do this. And we're going to talk about this at the beginning, a little bit more in detail at the beginning as we go along at the beginning of every show. Your morning rites. Okay, that notebook, that free writing for five minutes every single day. Now, your exercise for this week, and this can be done in your the, the journal that you're writing your morning, five minutes more. This is completely separate than your prompt and exercise journal, so you're going to need a couple of them. Um, spiral notebooks work just fine. You don't need to go out and spend $30 on a brand-new journal. Just grab a spiral notebook, and you're good to go. So your exercise this week, which is not meant to turn into a poem necessarily, Um, this isn't even a poem exercise, it's just to make your pen move, it's to put some more things in your arsenal as a writer, and it has to do with the fact with the butterfly thing, tying this back in again, when I learn about about Butterfly's Day. So I was so intrigued with some of these facts that I was learning, Um, you know, like a group of butterflies sometimes called a flutter. You know, I know that at some point in my life, I'm probably going to use that. I love the fact that the butterfly wings move in a figure eight motion. These are all things that I didn't know, but I do now. And I love that some butterflies are, vam- are vampire, the vampiric and drink blood. <laughs> I mean, think about it, seriously. A, vamp- a, but- a butterfly vampire? Yeah, that's kind of scary <laughs> and awesome. <laughs> so these are things that I did not know until I noticed that today was that day and I read the facts and now I know these things and now they're in my resource so I can use them some- at some point. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about an animal. It can be your favorite animal, like one of my favorite animals. I love hawks and I love cougars and I love horses, um, you know, or it can be anything. It can be a, uh, a platypus. I wrote a platypus poem one time. If you've ever written a platypus poem, everybody should have one of those in their, their repertoire, by the way. Um, but I want you to write down an animal, and then I want you to jump on the Internet, and I want you to write down as many strange facts about that animal as you can find. Okay, just like the, with the butterfly, all these weird things that we didn't know about the butterfly, but we do now. The reason being, once again, just like I said in the beginning, is because now, once you know those things, when you're writing something, if you're writing something about, you know, somebody and they're being very cunning and, and all of this, and you know all these strange facts about foxes, you know, you can pull up a strange facts, fact and use that in the poem, and people are going to go, whoa, that was deep. <laughs> So these things are important. These things are feed your brain. Put information in there so you can pull it out later. So, yeah, pick an animal or a couple of them if you want, whatever, a bug, anything, and uh, look it up. Flies. Do flies are so nasty. Um, or fleas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm having bug issues. I saw a box of 
bug cards today. It was like a game that you teach kids about bugs, and there was just the, the jumping spider, the little fuzzy orange and black fuzzy jumping spiders that we have out here. Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, it was horrible. Um, but anyway, that's your exercise for this week. Write down the name of an animal. Write down as many strange facts as you can about them. And the more times you do this, the more it's going to help you. So in your notebook where you write down all your exercises and stuff that you do, you know, every once in a while when you think about it, it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to write about this animal and just pull it and write it down. You'll be good. All right, next, if you are a recording artist and you would like to have us play your piece on the air, you can send those in to me at the word that's in the, in the email title, title Cafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All right. Put MP3, audio file, something like that in the subject line for me. We'll get uploaded, get it uploaded to the show's library and play it on the air, and it will be amazing. The piece that I'm going to play right now uh, I played one at the beginning of the show by Phil Kay, and this one is actually uh, another one by him, Phil Kay, K-A-Y-E, and Sarah Kay, K-A-Y. And uh, you can find both of them as well on YouTube all over. Fantastic spoken word artists. And this is a piece that they've done together. I really love this piece. I, I think that it's very clever. And uh, so we're going to start the show out with this one, and I will be right back with you. Once again, we are having issues with the lines. If you're trying to get in and getting that fast, busy signal, keep trying. The number is 646-595-3965. Now, once again, this is Sarah Kay and Phil Kay with When Love Arrives. Here we go. I knew exactly what love looked like in seventh grade. Even though I hadn't met love yet, if love had wandered into my homeroom, I would have recognized him at first glance. Love wore a hemp necklace. I would have recognized her at first glance. Love wore a tight French braid. Love played acoustic guitar and knew all my favorite Beatles songs. Love wasn't afraid to ride the bus with me. And And I I knew... I just must be checking the wrong classroom. Just must be searching the wrong hallways. She was there. I was sure of it. If only I could find him. But But when when Love finally finally showed up, she had a bowl cut. He wore the same clothes every day for a week. Love hated the bus. Love didn't know anything about the Beatles. Instead, Instead, every time I tried to kiss love, our our teeth teeth got in the way. Love became the reason I lied to my parents. I'm going to Ben's house. Love had terrible rhythm on the dance floor, but made sure we never missed a slow song. Love waited by the phone because she knew if her father picked up, it would be... Hello. (sighs) Hello. Oh, my God. I guess they hung up. And love grew. Love stretched like a trampoline. Love changed. Love disappeared slowly, like baby teeth, losing parts of me I thought I needed. Love vanished like an amateur magician. Everyone could see the trap door but me. Like a flat tire. There were other places I had planned on going. But but my my plans plans didn't didn't matter. matter. Love stayed away for years. And when love finally reappeared, I I barely barely recognized her. Love smelled different now, had darker eyes. A broader back. Love came with freckles I didn't recognize. New birthmarks, a softer voice. Now there were new sleeping patterns. New favorite books. Love had songs that reminded him of someone else. Songs love didn't like to listen to. So So did did I. I. But we found a park bench that fit us 
perfectly. We found jokes that make us laugh. And now love makes me fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies. But love will probably finish most of them for a midnight snack. Love looks great in lingerie, but still likes to wear her retainer. Love is a terrible driver, but a great navigator. Love knows where she's going. It just might take her two hours longer than she planned. Love is messier now. Not as simple. Love uses the word boobs in front of my parents. Love chews too loudly. Love leaves the cap off the toothpaste. Love uses smiley faces in her text messages. And turns out, love love shits. (laughs) But love also cries. And love will tell you you are beautiful. And mean it. Over and over again. You are beautiful. When you just wake up. You are beautiful. When you've just been crying. You are beautiful. When you don't want to hear it. You are beautiful. When you don't believe it. You are beautiful. When nobody else will tell you. You are beautiful. Love still thinks. You are beautiful. But love is not perfect. And will sometimes forget. When you need to hear it most. You are are beautiful. beautiful. Do not forget this. Love is not who you were expecting. Love is not what you can predict. Maybe love is in New York City, already asleep. You are in California, India, Australia, wide awake. Maybe love is always in the wrong time zone. Maybe love is not ready for you. Maybe you are not ready for love. Maybe love just isn't the marrying type. Maybe the next time you see love is 20 years after the divorce. Love looks older now, but just as beautiful as you remember. Maybe love is only there for one month. Maybe love is there for every firework, every birthday party, every hospital visit. Maybe love stays. Maybe love can't. Maybe Maybe love love shouldn't. Love arrives exactly when love is supposed to. And love leaves exactly when love must. When love arrives, say, Welcome. Welcome. Make Make yourself yourself comfortable. comfortable. If love leaves... Ask her to leave the door open behind her. Turn off the music. Listen to the quiet. Whisper. Thank Thank you you for for stopping by. That was Sarah Kay and Phil Kay with When Love Arrives. You can check them out over on YouTube. Both of them are amazing. And if we get a chance, depending on how our phone lines are behaving tonight, I might get to uh, play a couple more of theirs. That might be kind of fun to be able to hear some more by them tonight. And uh, maybe a whole bunch more, (laughs) depending on how well we do. So once again, we are having issues with phone lines. So if you are trying to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. We do have a couple lines open right now. Uh, they are trying to get some more lines come open and coming into the show, so if you are trying to call in, that is what's going on. If you're getting that fast, busy signal, I keep getting messages saying you're getting a fast, busy. So if you're getting that fast, busy, just keep trying. All right? So this is what happens. This is what comes next. If you would like to read tonight, go ahead and call in. And uh, remember that we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 219 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, you guys, this is very, very important. All right? It just makes it sound like we're a professional show and really know what we're doing here. Introduce yourself. Say, hi, this is me, and I'm going to read a poem for you. (laughs) It's really important to tell us who you are. That way your name is attached to your work. You always want to make sure that when you send your work out there into the world that your name is attached to it and to let people know who's reading. And it's kind of a, you know, it's it's, it's important for them to know who's reading because they love your work and they want to come network with you, then they can. 
But also, if you don't say who you are, then I seriously got bombarded with a whole bunch of messages on Facebook and in the chat um, saying, who is this, who is this, who is this, and I'm trying to listen to you. So it's important that you say that so that they know and I can pay attention to you and, and not try to answer everybody real fast. All right. And then uh, the next thing is that we are going to do two poems apiece. So I see, Mom216, I see that your call dropped. I've got the things written down, so I'll see when you, when you jump back in. You haven't lost your place because I've got, I've got you written down on the thing. So go ahead and get called back in when you can. Um, we can do two poems to start out with, and depending on if the lines go down, I may just keep you on here forever, so please have every single thing you've ever written in your entire life in front of you. Um, no, not really, but almost kind of, maybe, sort of, could be, but not really yet. You never know. Two poems, if the lines get too busy tonight, the lines come back up and we get too busy, that will change back to one a little bit later on, but I'll let you know if that happens and the lines get too full. And we switch back to one, but right now you can read two. Keep your poems to right around the five-minute mark. Um, be courteous of the people waiting in line behind you. And uh, then remember that when you are done reading, to give out your URL. That's You know what took me years to be able to say URL? That working in broadcasting, they have all these things that you have to practice saying, you know, so that you don't trip over words. And URL, that took me forever to be able to say URL blah, 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 without doing that. Um, so I'm real proud of myself, you guys. That was a huge stepping stone for me in my career. So give out your URL so people can come over and find you, get to know you and your work better. And then please remember that we do have a mature rating. That means you're bound to hear just about anything, and you guys, you normally do hear just about anything here, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you are good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers tonight. We have 219 then we have 832 and 202. All right, so if you are, that kind of gives you an idea of um, where you are coming up. I want to let, we do have about six lines open right now. We normally have 250 lines coming into the show. Uh, so going to let area code 757. 951 and okay so we have two two we have two zero two two zero two area codes and one of them is in the prefix of so it's two zero two two nine seven two I see you on the board your hand is up two zero two two nine seven two seven you are not in the lineup so if you want to come on the air so the last four numbers, then the first two numbers, the last four numbers is 27. Are you guys following this? You're not in the lineup. If you don't jump on pretty soon, I'll just check with you anyway. So, yeah, just be ready. So area code 757-951. You are, okay, yes, thank you, 202, because I did not want to try to do that again. So 575 and 951, you are not in the lineup. If either of you would like to come on the air and read, then go ahead and press 1 if you're here just listening. I appreciate it. Glad you're here. And uh, if you change your mind at any time, just go ahead and press 1. That'll put you in. Okay? <laughs> I'm watching Mom. She's, she's, got my back in the, she's got my back in the chat room. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. All right. So let's go ahead and bring on our first caller tonight, area code 219. Are you with me? 
Yes, now I'm with you. How you doing, Brother O? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. You were quick on the draw being able to get in first tonight. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> you are the first caller, but nobody was on the line when I first started tonight. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, thank you. I'm glad, glad, glad I'm able to, able to come on this evening. Yeah, it's it's been crazy trying to get trying, people trying to get called in, so I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have to say hi, you guys. I have to say hi to Rosalind, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful niece who is listening tonight. She's laughing at my flutter, my butterfly prompt flutter stuff. Love you, sweetheart. I'm glad you're here. I miss you. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. It's my show. I can do that. <laughs> so how are you, Brother O? Oh, okay. I'm, doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? This is a this poem is called Chosen by God to be a poet. Okay. A call. If you are chosen. Matthew chapter sixteen and verse twenty. In February two thousand and eight I was chosen by God to be a poet while I was completely unemployed due to a serious physical disability. Four months removed from my third episode suggests a heart failure, pneumonia, and irregular heartbeat, and dealing with a personal tragedy in my family. One of my younger cousins lost his life tragically in a fiery car accident. At the time, I was questioning God as to why he would choose a brother who had failed miserably at several things in his life. Relationships, finances, friendships, career choices, and personal choices. A classic underachiever who never lived up to his great potential career, get married, and have a family of my own. A brother who suffered a lifelong affliction like the, like the man in John chapter 5. A slight speech impairment like Moses. And a brother who was all but written off by the so called experts. I wasn't expected to survive a birth nor graduate high school or college. Facing an uncertain future, after almost having a stroke at the age of 32, dealing with several bouts of self-doubt, battling my own deep-rooted fear of failure, trying to overcome my shyness, dealing with bitterness, anger, deep-rooted animosity since childhood, battling my own deep-rooted insecurity. Struggling to discover my true purpose in life. Yet I was on a fast track, going nowhere to then on being average. I was tempted to run away from my ministry like Jonah before he was swallowed up in the belly of the well for three days. When I first accepted my calling to be a poor, my writing skills weren't very proficient. Nor did I possess the natural ability to be lyrical, mind you, brothers and sisters. I got D's, I got C's, D's, and F's in English in high school. I couldn't even write an original poem that ever made sense, even if you paid me to do it. My dear brothers and sisters, I was a prisoner of my own limitations and got sidetracked with other obligations. My business sharing my life story to poetry. In the beginning of my poetic journey, there were several poets 
in Chicago seeing you at your desk. You question my lyrical capabilities, my singing abilities. Yeah, they even cracked jokes on me and ridiculed me in the beginning. But it threw me off like the experts did in my childhood. And a few talented characters discouraged me. They were making comments like, oh, he's not what you call a conventional poet. Ain't nobody going to feature him on a poetry event. He won't even last a year than poetry did. Now, who is this fool believe he is? And even got the nerve to call himself the living miracle professional poetry. And he is a fool if he believes that people are going to listen to his message. My dear brothers and sisters, when God chooses you for an assignment, you accomplish it for his glory, not for the praises, applauses, and appreciation of people. If if you allow the unrealistic and expectations and rejection of people to distract you and define you, you're going to mess around there and miss your blessing. But get discouraged to the point of resignation. If God blessed my writing skills and elevated them and I allowed him to speak to me on the poetry stage. My confidence grew by leaps and bounds. Just to be transparent, my poetry and telling my story. People always come up to me after every performance and tell me that I was that I inspired and encouraged them through my masterpieces, and at the same time, minister to them. Mind you, I'm not any type of preacher or prophet. The moment I knew God told me to be a poet, when, they, when I wrote this shit, I witnessed. The real challenge to me was living experiences in my childhood at first. Once I posted on Facebook, the impact was immediately felt the lives of those who were reading on Facebook. A magnitude never felt before since writing my testimony. And I knew right then and there. I found my true purpose. Ever since my first performance of They Said I Wouldn't, eight years ago, I just really opened doors for me to feature open mic section performing over 50 shows, touching inspired people, nationwide with my social conscious, inspirational, testimonial, and love relationship poetry. Have poems published in four books, featured on radio shows, earned national recognition for my poetry, and even win numerous awards. There are too, too many to, to describe in this piece. And the more of this poem is, if God can choose a brother with a disability to tell this story through poetry, he can choose anybody. That's that piece. And <laughs> Oh, you are awesome, Brother O. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, hon. Are you still there? Okay. I couldn't hear you. I was scared. It's like, oh, no, don't let the lines go down on me. Please, please, no. Don't leave me alone here in the abyss. Fantastic, sweetie. I'm really glad you came. I'm really glad you were able to get on tonight and we're on, and uh, got a chance to share with us, and we got a chance to hear you. I 
appreciate it. Thanks for having the platform every Thursday night. You are absolutely welcome. It is our pleasure. Do me a favor, love. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Those of you who are unfamiliar with my work and heard it for the first time, I can be found on Facebook under the name of my brother O'Gat. And as always, I truly appreciate your support. On every Thursday, live on the Scoop TV Cafe. Thanks for this. You are very welcome, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week, honey. Hey, I'll be back next week. All right. Bye-bye, sweetie. All right. Our next caller comes from, oh, come on. I'm going to be fighting with these lines all night. I want to let 57, or excuse me, 757-951-765 and 562 know that you guys are not in the lineup. That's 757-951-765 and 562. Six two. You are not in the lineup. If you guys would like to come on the air, press 1. If you're here just listening, appreciate you being here. If you change your mind, you can press 1 at any time, and I'll put you in the lineup, and I'll be able to bring you on the air. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Uh, no. How you doing, Hey, Soldier Blue Blue. How are you, love? Uh, I'm all right. I have a... Um Kind of like an add-on to what you were talking about earlier with the with the the, the, the flutterbys. Mhm. Yeah, they. Uh, you know that 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 wall that Ass Clown wants to build. Yeah. It would go right through the butterfly sanctuary down there on the Rio Grande. You don't give a shit. You know what's I know, really funny. The butt. <laughs> I was sitting there and I saw this thing on the thing the other day where he was talking about, you know, all these, it it was a cartoon. It was talking about, you know, him talking about how global warming isn't real. And he had the perfect solution, Uh solution to global warming. He was going to go up and build a a wall around the moon to shade us. (laughs) A a wall around the sun. Build a wall around the sun to shade us from the global warming heat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would be more his style to shade around the moon and think he's doing something. Instead of doing anything that actually was worthwhile, you know what I'm saying? So, so actually, you had it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, I have. The best thing I can say my, about this this whole administration is we're not dead yet, so that's cool. Oh, we're hey, you know death, so they're they're, yeah. they're working on it though. Trust me, you know. I know. <laughs> they, they got their go- they got their little goober grubby hands all in all kinds of stuff that they don't need to be messing with. I always say I'm never going to you talk know. politics, but I'll do, I do, and I should not do that. That's so bad. It's like Sinead O'Connor. Well, I'm going to get booted forever. This, let's put it this way. From to, from my perspective, when it has to do with life, health, and 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 continued well-being, that all of us that 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 uh, right there disallows anything that could be considered politics because that's not somebody playing politics. That's someone's playing with with things that they don't need to be need to be messing with. And that's just because they think they can. I think everybody's entitled so, to their opinion, and I listen to everybody. You know, I'm no one ever says that I'm right. You know, I'm probably I, yeah. I could be very wrong. You know, but we all have different opinions, and that's what's cool about us is that, you know, we're able to discuss those things. So, changing and moving yeah. right along here, would you bring us tonight? <laughs> <laughs> How is that for a right. segue to save my ass? 
Right, right. I hear you. Um, well, this has been kind of an interesting thing for me. Um, came because I I I've been basically for the last I don't know about seven and a half years. I guess I've been learning my people's language now, and every so often, well, I say every so often, it's pretty, it's a lot more regular than that. But anyway. The point being that I go through my uh, terminology uh, dictionary to to learn and to rediscover, you know, things that I may have passed over the first time in terms of uh, things and how they're said and and what they mean. And this time around, I came across one that was basically kind of uh, what I would call a blunt uh, term. And to my mind, when I see a blunt term, it's something that I can put Basically, I can dress it up. I can hang things on it. I can put something on the front. I can put something on the back. You know, I can run it through the middle. It's it's all kind of things that I can do with it. And in this case, uh, the, the 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 word is reaper. And and you know, I mean, you can you can think of you know everything from grim reaper all the way through to harvest and harvest you know fields and and all of the things that can be uh, can be uh, put with that. And then it can, you can also go off into other tangents of, you know, spirituality and everything else. So kind of an interesting thing. And then that one kind of came, well, it came out nicely. I, I like it. Um, anyway, if this one is, uh, this one's called a Raven Reaper. Smoke drops. Shodzeno. To the ground like water. Agatze. Waboske Ivakse Reaper cloak dispersed has found passage from malleable earth into flinted ravine in in Okope. Bones splinter and shake. Time has been shaped again to hold this form. Raw skin held still like scars healing. At the edge of quiet waters, Bonk, Saga, Kinka, Samon, Nikfushi. This distance has been covered by sodden, stained cloth. Oh, burnt robes. Bakdinsh, Bom, Toto. Bone fields and migratory patterns. What words, what manner of speech is being spoken in these days and times? Honda. Descriptions and those who would hold such conversations of oaken, olden, weathered stone thought. In Gabi, there were none before. There are none so gathered now. Shadow images, the flutter sound, gapogi, oh, the dull thud of soft being, of birth, of becoming. Someone sacrificed their name, the dreams it came from, to morph, storm ward savvy, the zigzag arch of broken lightning, Ward of the holy, the unclaimed supernatural. 
cool there. Oh, that rift, just enough space, an entrance for a sacred stranger.
No, you are you are amazing at one of the things that I always talk to writers about coming up with very strong, new, surprising imagery that that really makes someone sit up and take notice. You know, it's like it's like you you know always talk about you know doing those bricks, the brick between the eyes. You know, being able to hit somebody with that. That you know, but yours are like bullets, one after another. You know that just that that pierce into our brains, and and just unique, surprising, super strong, and powerful images that you're able to create with the words that you put together. You know, if I were to sit down with a highlighter and go through one of your poems, you know, print it out and go through it and highlight all of those bullet points that that you are able to hit with those super strong concrete images, I mean, the whole thing would be yellow. It just, I'm, I'm re- I love the way that you're able to do that. And it's really cool, too, because I, you know, you're not always in the chat room, um, but I see that. I see that, the, that same type of comment all the time when it comes to your writing. People say things like that about the the imagery in your poetry. Were you going to read two for us tonight? I can. I certainly can do that. Okay. I have to. I mean, uh, oh, I don't know if I've read this one or not. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> this one is called Hey, well, you know, it's like <laughs> Hey, this is this is how this is what I like to do, you know that. Mm-hmm. This is um this is called spiritual read and and read is uh, the 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 version of that word R E D E. Um so that is it is not the usual. Well, not the usual in terms of how people speak these days anyway. Anyway, this is called spiritual read. There's a war happening all around us. These beings have no particular form of enemy flesh. It is a flow of ideology, no flesh to kill. The coup that can be counted will not be noted in song or as a deed of honor or a winter count, as there are no real fields of battle, just pasteurized nonsense. Only the killing grounds where we can be found. We are Red Earth, Jose Moringa. It is the war of their patent manufactured heavens against our spirituality. We don't believe as they do, so they want to kill us. We don't pray the way they do, so they want to kill us. We don't act in continuous religious fervor as they think of their patriotism, so they want to kill us. They don't understand our songs of spirit. Or sending a voice, so they want to kill us. They still imprison us upon occasion for sage smoke prayers, smudging, remember Denver? Our young sister, when the ass clown in a red wig was politic campaigning, we do not forget. We dance, we raise our hands, not our fists. We lift our heads unto creator, not your annihilator, God. We pray with the drum. You don't recognize it, so you want to 
kill us. There is a spiritual war happening all around us, and we see you decimate the buffalo, Sedoga, put bounties upon the wolf, and Coyote, Inthonga, the mountain lion. We watch as you annihilate anything original still to be encountered upon our earth. Nithi, extinction for all, your grandest plan. You have forgotten all that was, making everything within reach synthetic. Yes, including food. Yep, just like the real thing. We take no time off. We remain vigilant. Do you remember the Cheyenne Lakota's response to a memo of industrial drops of equipment for annihilation? We do. We will be waiting. Oh, yes, we see you. We are the weary, the shock-worn. We shall be so until death finds us. We raise our hands, not our fists, and we pray. Even as our old ones did, it was we who stand before you, enduring all until we fall. The sky blue, almost blue, and our young ones take our place. Red earth is eternal. Your desecration shall cease. By you in the end, being your end, oh, killing yourselves with your greed, to which end we shall leave all such baubles you have offered, left as some sort of conciliatory gifts, we leave them where you left them. All gifts offered need not be received. Follow as we shall leave upon the breast of a dream. Incredible. Absolutely phenomenal, sweetheart. I'm so glad you were able to get in tonight and able to share those. Absolutely our pleasure. So do me a favor and uh, tell everybody how they can, what you've got going on and how they can find you. Well, Actually, I've got uh, some more stuff uh, as far as like just updates as far as availability. Um, the uh, the podcast that I've got out right now is four pieces, and it can be found on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, uh, Breaker, and uh, I think one, there's one called Radio One. I think it's called. Yeah. In any case, uh, they're all, it's on. It's on all of those, and it's free. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm at this point trying to generate interest, so I'm not trying to, you know, make the bank on people, you know, first time around and acting like I've got some kind of ego involved in all of that. Because it's not there. It's just a poem of being able to get the word out and be able to show people what I'm doing, and hopefully they'll uh, generate some interest in terms of their own research on some of those subjects. So it's called Red Earth One, and uh, the, it's, uh, the the words are spelled out as you would think. And the only um, thing to, uh, or I should say the way that you can e- uh, easily know that it's the right one is that the, the first letter of each of those words is capitalized, R-E-N-O. So that's you know, Red Earth One, and again, those are the areas you can find it on, so you can find me there on the podcast. And you can find me on Facebook with uh, Rafe Wild. And underneath in parentheses, it says Soldier Blue Blue. 
And uh, some of my friends have been encouraging me to do the Twitter and the, the Instagram thing. And I got the Twitter thing. I'm not, you know, it's like, eh, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'll see what that's all about anyway. But anyway, I put the, you know, I put the links to you know, my, my podcast up on there. And uh, again, it's just Red Earth One, so you can find it there too. And that's uh, that's pretty much where I'm, what I'm working with right now, trying to get some things going. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, and we will talk to you next week? Yes, indeed. Very cool. Great job tonight, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Miles. All right, our next caller comes from area code 202-202. You are on the air. Good evening. How are you doing, hon? James Caden. Uh, hey, it's fine. been a while. How are you doing? I'm fine. It's myself and Gina Storm in the building. Storm's Caden. Good evening. Good to hear from both of you. So I need I need to interrupt you guys for a minute because my my niece is listening um, tonight, Rosalind, and she just texted me and told me that my nephew and his beautiful wife, Angel, my nephew Trinity and Angel are listening too. This is really weird, having people I know listening. I mean, I know you guys, but this is like family. You know, I can't, I have, I can't cuss. i got to start being good. <laughs> I can't be myself. Oh, yes, I can. I love you guys. Trinity, I love you, sweetheart. Thank you for all the videos that you sent. I love seeing the stuff on you here. Yay. <laughs> It's my show, so I can do what I want, right? I can say hi to my family. <laughs> oh, no judgment. Absolutely. Um, family first. <laughs> well, your family, too. So I'm glad you guys are here. What's been going on with yeah, you guys? Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. The people who share DNA with you, I think, have a priority in the need. So what's been up with you, too? Um. um I'm just we've just been doing poetry and um living and loving through it and um just trying to keep things moving. That's you know that's the best way yeah. to put it. Moving forward every day. That's the best you can do. Best okay. we can all do. So what'd you bring tonight? Um, the first we had the first piece is um something we wrote today called um, I wrote today called Soul Remains, and um it's no more Jana Storm will be freestyling to it. Um, so would you like to explain it first, um Jana? Oh yeah, um he wrote a piece as a tribute to Miss um, Anna Waddell. She was part of the Soul Twins herself and expert, and yes, they were the Soul Twins at the O and E Network and. We are also part of that family, so we lost a family member as well as a fellow poet and a mentor. She was a wonderful big sister who was very loving and encouraging. And um, any show that we've ever been on, every host who's ever embraced us individually and combined, you know, we try to always show support and love. We were just on the show the day before yesterday, passed away last night. So this um, first collapse is a tribute to her. May she rest in peace. Okay. It's titled The Soul Remains. I'm sorry? Yeah, I was I was telling Nyla that it's titled The Soul Remains. 
Um, okay. From conception to inspiration, from trials to triumphs, I can only smile. Visions of pride wrapped in poetry, cradled in music. Every Tuesday we had no clue how you two moved me. The strength of perseverance, the power to right wrongs, shining light on dark life, giving that spark that jump-started our hearts. And all oh, those night ciphers that ignited the lines and minds of all types of right vipers. Every night was, well, every night was monumental. It proved to love your people. Life is too short. There's too much work to do. Laying the groundwork to fix our hearts being trusted to you. Now with heavy hearts and great memories, movements and beautiful energy, subjects that we were able to listen visiting as we watch your star ascending into the distance. It's okay. Still the soul remains. As the soul remains, the body may be gone, but the soul the sentiment that I have believed wholeheartedly so I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anyone else. I just need you to understand that I don't feel like when you leave your body, your life ends. And that's what I'm saying is that my friend has not just gone to a better place. She's just transitioned. So maybe I'll see her another day a different way possibly. I'm not sure. But the thing about this is I can't be weeping, sad, and mourning for her. No, I have to celebrate the life that she was and the legacy she left behind because, again, like Kim Katie said, so remains. And that's the important part of who we are at our core. Our souls and our spirit are one, and they give us our identity. And hers will live on through her poetry. I hear her voice in my mind right now, vividly, and it feels like she's still here with me. And I know as time goes on, the reality will kick in, and I know that you're truly gone, but never, really, because I can always go back and listen to her poetry, read her words, and look at her pictures, and have the following the wonderful thing about friendship, these connections that we have through poetry. It's a beautiful thing to celebrate one's life. I've been giving flowers to a living, and I will continue to because I feel like it's right. This was a day that I normally would have been sad and depressed, but I'm not. I'm rejoicing for the time that we got. He's King's Cadence. I'm June Storm. Together we're Storm's Cadence. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our piece. You guys, that was phenomenal. Absolutely flawless, as always. But, I mean, incredibly emotional piece. Great job on that, both of you. Thank you. You are very welcome. Um, very welcome. And the, uh, the second piece is called Moments, and that's um, that storm cadence love. That is best as usual. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is actually new, too. Uh, didn't you like this yesterday, babe? Yes. Yeah, you so guys, this, if you keep doing this, people old. are going to think you like each other. This is a Okay, so please came to Mike is yours and um, take it away, moment. Okay. Yeah, this piece is called Moment. We used to be sold on forever. Long lives where we swim in each other's eyes. And our hands entwined at both of our sides were 
You complete my songs and we understand counters our wrongs. And you faithfully join along in this forever. This heart pounding at the mere sound of your loving voice surrounding me. And becoming more beautiful with every day. So I look forward to it astoundingly. It's pulse racing. It's aching. When you're so far away that the distance causes its own resistance. And I can align my heartbeats to play the song that's been off since the last visit. Has anyone ever told you how they long to hold you like life's last fight? Well, I hold you tightly. And when I miss you to no end, we seem to reconnect nightly. I'm sorry, I'd be in this deep moment of digression, see. I've learned that we have this love that was never meant to exist with time. No gimmicks. Designs actually were never meant to exist with a finish line. So give me this moment. For our eyes sink and our love multiplies every time that you blink. That moment where our dreams defy reason and it's just another place for us to be able to meet in. That moment that my heart sounded lullabies and you resting upon it and nightmares in realizing that we are right here to usher in another morning. I had it wrong, see, you lay with me forever in a dream and I know it real as you in my arms holding you close in the most amazing of moments. When you said that these would be the moments, it felt like forever already. This is just the beginning and I've already been your baby. Today, to me, there has to be a transparency. The reason everyone can see into our hearts when we collaborate on these poetic duos that we do is because we're opening up our hearts and our relationship to all of you. We don't care. Stop, look, listen, put your nose up against the window pane and stare. We have been looking for this all of our lives and finally found it, so when you see it, you have to share it and talk about it. Get it all around you. It's a good feeling. And fix yourself if you want to. Love that, but sure, I don't want it. I promise you. When he said that I love you and it multiplies every time you blink when our eyes were in sync, I knew exactly what he meant because I'll tell you time and time again how my heart beats on the downbeat of his. I hear him have his exhale, and he is, in fact, the reason that I live. I feel like he was born just for me, and I feel the same way every single day. He loves me in a different and special, amazing way. Sometimes he should jump or smile when I wasn't looking for one. Sometimes he sends me butterflies, and I had no net to catch one. So they swore me, and I see that I'll never be without them because they're attracted to me the way that he is. And that's amazing. So these moments, Previously, and in this moment right now, and the moments in the future, too. He promised to always share with all of you, because as long as we love, we want to spread it. The world needs more of this. Good moments and real love, and we get it. He's King's Cadence, and again, I'm Gina Storm with Storm's Cadence. Thank you for listening. You guys are so romantical. <laughs> I love your giggle. <laughs> All right, you guys. So happy, like this is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you do it here. You guys, great job tonight. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you and come show you some love. Okay. Thanks, Curtis. Uh, you can find me 
at uh, King's Cadence. That's the way it's um, spelled in uh, improperly. Uh, K-I-N-G, K-A-D, well, it's Cadence with the K improperly. You, you can do, you can figure it out. Um, okay. But also, you can no find kidding. us at um, the joint, um, the the page Storm's Cadence and the uh, Cadence Storm Poetry Hour featuring Desire. That's um, yet another page. And Shannon, you want to let them know the rest of your pages? Yes, I can be found at Gina with the new Storm. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the Storm's Cadence YouTube page, as well as the King's Cadence. Post our street between Gina Storm and the Storm's Cadence page. So anywhere he is, I'll be there too. <laughs> awesome. Great I'm job, you two. Thank you so, so much. Thank okay. you. Awesome. Good night. All right. We'll see you next week. Yes, Perfect. All right, you guys. Thank you. So, folks, I have just totally, absolutely lost my board, and uh, I know that you're still there. I'm going to get this. Techn- We've been having technical difficulties. So, again, if you're trying to get through on the lines tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. They're working on getting the lines back up. Normally we have like 250 lines coming into the show. Uh, right now we have maybe eight. So if you're trying to get in, if you're getting that fast, busy signal, please keep trying the chat room. Same thing. If you're trying to get in on the, the chat room line, just uh, keep refreshing the page. It should let you in eventually. I'm going to play a track here real quick while I work on this so that I can get your calls answered. This one is Maxwell Kessler. It's called Story of the Big Bend Tunnel, and I absolutely love this piece. I love history. I'm very much... Uh, kind of a history nerd. And so, you know, the, just the, the story in this one to me is absolutely phenomenal, as well as his performance of this piece. So this is Maxwell Kessler with the story of Big Ben Tunnel, and I'll be right back. Well, post-Civil War, who do you think they call upon to turn the ash back to brick? No, sir. You don't need chains to keep a man his place a few coins do you just fine. But when they promised us land for our work, we heard freedom. So we picked up spikes and shovels, followed that railroad wherever we were told to place it. Our job was to see the mountains of West Virginia as clay. Some of us died, squinting so hard. Especially out there in the Big Bend Tunnel. We drove more than a mile deep into them hills. The only light we had was the one hitting our backs. That is, had not been for Mr. John Henry. With a hammer in his hands, John had arms like dynamite-tipped bullwhips, fireflies bursting across his kneecaps. His slam sounded like bullets coming fresh out of a revolver. Hammerheads glowing like lanterns, so hot they melted the air a dark red. But John's voice was as holy as the blue breeze crawling up that tunnel to kiss our cheeks. Ain't no freedom in this work, brother. Freedom's when the clock runs out. When the only thing pushing against you is the wind, your daughter's hands, or your lover's lips. John always liked to talk about Polly Ann like that. Truest woman I ever met. She used to always tease him, say he wasn't working hard enough. <laughs> but we knew she'd come down to the tracks wearing her finest blue dress just so she could watch the rain dripping off of his chest. John, the preacher of sweat. 
sermon of crash. Whenever he saw one of us falling, his voice would ring out like church bells. Stand up, son! These rocks ain't shackles! Just a whole lot of dust that don't know what to part ways when it sees our footsteps. He even made Captain Tommy want to pick up a hammer. Skinny-armed white man, dog bark, throat, dog heart, yelling, Good God, Mr. Henry! Be careful now! What if them walls come caving in? Well, John just sing right back, I'll just lift this mountain with my hammer, Lord, Lord, crumble this here rock with my hand. In fact, the only time I heard John stop singing was when the steam drill come. Man, Mr. George, he called himself, sitting high and mighty on this soft, soft seat, surrounded by all matter of levers and iron, sticking out like jail bars, machine bigger than most of our houses, and he stepped down, his skin pale, like I never learned how to sweat. He walked right up to Captain Tommy and said, I got me a machine here, twice as efficient as them lazy niggers you got driving steel. If you give me some money, you can send all the work donkeys home. I wanted to scrape my calluses against his silky skin, peel off the husk, so he could feel what it's like to bleed. But John stepped between us and quietly said, I got a better idea. I never really heard of John being a gambling man, but when he said he needed a shaker, I was the first one to step forward. Now in the tunnel... Black dust clouds forming overhead, every smack, pebbles and rock shards ripping by my ears into the air pocket of John's elbows. Every lift, his muscles swelled up, blood glowing through his skin, the color of molten iron. I couldn't even see that steam engine. Shirts clock tick shatter, breathing down my neck. But John's voice rang out, come on, shaker, spin that steel. Steady hands, my brother, we got a steam drill to put to shame. He swung so hard and so fast that the sparks stuck to his hammer, arc like lightning bolts when he pulled back. The sound of air splitting shot out down the tunnel like an echo of a storm against the valley. Blew Tommy's hat clean off, wrapped around Polly Ann's neck like a whisper. And I used to think that only God could make thunder. Now when it was all said and done, John had drilled two seven-foot tunnels, one with each arm, and that steam engine man only had one. Nine feet to off fourteen, but when John's veins had cooled off, his body hardened up. Hart couldn't find enough room to keep beating against the anvil of his chest with only the strength of whisper. He motioned over to Polly Ann and said, The hammer crash was my first taste of God, the shadow of rock, proof that our hands gave us a choice. I'm sorry for what I had to do. Polly Ann kissed his cheek, watched his eyes drag backwards. Mr. George would step over his body, pull out his purse and say, Well, machine's still for sale, Tommy, unless you've got another monster like John Henry just... Lying around, well, Polly Ann leapt up screaming, Listen here, Mr. Business Suit, Mr. Fabric Arms and Shiny Fingernails. Last I checked, I got hands. Just like John Henry had hands, just like every man or woman here got hands. And ain't no steam engine can brew a storm like the fury pouring out of these palms. And with one arm, she swung that 20-pound hammer over her head and slammed the steel spike straight into that track. Good as any man, blue dress whipping in the hurricane wind of her hips, lightning pouring out of her pupils. Mr. George just stared right back silent, like he could smell the rain coming. Maxwell Kessler, heck of a storyteller, isn't he? All right, I'm going to go ahead. I got my board back up. I'm going to go ahead and take our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give us the next three callers so you kind of know where you are in the lineup. We have 585 will be coming on next. Then we have 765 and then Mama at 216. So 585, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, Oh, uh, great. Um, Okay. 
this this one is a is, is one that I what uh, um a freestyle one. Okay, all right. It's called Rain Rainbow. The power of the rainbow comes up with a nice red glow and then a yellow and then an orange and then another tint of green, meaning the heart. You know what I mean? It is with a scheme, a dream, too, to get to the blue hue of the rainbow. And then it can go up again to the purple, the purple power that just brings you more peace by the hour. Now, what do all of these colors mean? They come to each energy point from your bodily functionings and all of it seen within you coming out of you and then seen by a a scientist and everybody else around you a rainbow glow your hands can emit it though and just make it so thorough it's a the power of the rainbow is not just for lgbtq It is for everybody to see. If they can't see it, it's okay. It's beyond the modern eyesight for you to see that power of the rainbow, the ultraviolet. It's in that spectrum, right? But you always know it. You feel it. Intuit it inside of your being. And then you are knowing, seeing, and understanding the wisdom of that rainbow, the colors that come out of it. Every night when you're sleeping, you are seeing it because you are dreaming. You are envisioning it. All of the colors within the rainbow are melding together and letting you see images now. Isn't it beautiful? The colors of the rainbow. I could even see it in a pyramid that I have right here with a spiral coming around as red. And it's called Organ, but that means an original one power source, a source of spirit, or what you may call God, Allah, the divine. It doesn't matter because what really does matter is if you can become a creator and understand the power of the rainbow altogether. It's so beautiful. It's love from fear. And it just makes you so good here. It's love from fear. 
and it just makes you so good here. And okay, <laughs> there you go. Ugh. The power Is that of end the palm? rainbow. End, yeah. That was fantastic, Sean. Great read tonight. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, this is. I just made that up. <laughs> it's um inspired by the, the well, you had the the freestylers that were on the last time, so I'm like, oh, I'll just come up with something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Your your whole stream of consciousness, the way you put your thoughts together is just just incredible. I'm so glad and happy when you call in every time. We've been on the air for like 12 years now. How long have you been calling in? Have you been with us since the beginning? Mm Mm-mm. No? Oh, I'd say seven, yeah, seven or eight, well, seven or eight years or so. Yeah. That's longer than most marriages. Do you realize that? Yeah. We've been together a long time, you and I. <laughs> we should celebrate. <laughs> Fantastic job, Sean. Do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you, hon. Uh, Scribd.com slash SKL2012. Uh, Sean Liebel on Facebook. And the, the purity of the flow.wordpress.com. And... Uh, that's it. Fantastic. All right, we'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks, honey. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code seven six five seven six five. You're on the air. Good evening, Miss Nyla. It's Charles Hampton. Hey, Charles. How are you doing? It's good to hear from you. I've seen, I've seen better days, but then I've seen worse too. You know, my theory on life is every day that you wake up, it's the very best day you've ever had. I don't care how crappy my day is. If I woke up that morning, that's a good day. <laughs> Indeed. So well, I'm glad I you're bought here. A piece. Oh, thank you. I bought a piece uh, for Miss Anna Waddell. Mm-hmm. It's called Objectives. Assessment, a song for Anna. Trees are bending and swaying while some snap under the weight of nature's tempered breath. Clouds are being swept across in reflections, kneel of unfound freedom. While life goes on without us, inhaling and exhaling, souls lost like discarded trash along pristine highways. Rain permeates permeates the furrows of my thoughts as they blow in sideways across the uncharted paths of my day. Treetops bend and sway in their soapless shower, yet leaves bud and blossom under the warm breath of spring and ever-graying light. Chicken hawks run loosey-goosey over the unkept floors of the Vatican while the media distracts us with un 
illustrious shine of the lives of R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, Spike. All the while, gregarious songbirds whistle. One from my porch on its perch under the tin roof to some comrade that whistles back from who knows where, chirping about the passing of Anna Waddell, a beloved and renowned poetess, as she donned her golden wings. The treetops are bending and swaying while others snap and broke under the pressures of life. But no, not Anna. She threw back her head and laughed. Gravisonly, she danced and sang under the superfluous breath of spring. In peace. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful tribute piece. You know, we leave fingerprints. When we leave, we leave fingerprints behind. And everyone that we touch, everyone that, you know, everyone that we touch carries those fingerprints with them. And I think that in that, you know, we keep that person. You know, it's like I was talking to Noreen last week. You know, a a body is organic. It, It will eventually wear out and go away, you know. But I think that we live on in the fingerprints. You know, I don't think someone ever totally, truly leaves us. And, and she has some amazing fingerprints on all of us. And so I just think that's a beautiful place, piece, and I'm really glad that you read it tonight. Thank you, ma'am. You are very, very welcome, dear. You're very welcome. So you want to tell everyone how to find you, my love? Uh, Facebook, Charles Hampton. Uh, help so uh, help. Beautiful poet, souls of poets be heard globally. You'll find most of my pieces. And that's about it. Hey, did you want to read two pieces tonight? We're still on the two the two poem. I didn't ask you that. Um, I just happen to have one underneath me. Awesome. Uncensored thought. Men fancy womanly body parts and curves. Not many notice the long flowing lines of their necks, as I do. For I enjoy tracing senses run over goosebump paved roads of concave shoulders fold, where giggles laugh and slumber, awaiting someone to query their folly. My emotions reach hand over hand up the long, slow incline of the eruption's rush. Setting sparks ablaze as heated breath rises to ears, sloping globes. I nibble like a church mouse teething on cheese, reaching Nate's neck as gentle sighs escape. Please, baby, please. Her warm seat causes her to wiggle, toes curled to my salvation, as my mountainous wet tongue causes her to seep. I stab my flag of intent into the morals of her soul as I collect tears of her passion while staring out across the horizon of the way from which I came. I cling unto her sapphire-studded lobes as if a lifeline to uncharted soul right before I swan dive into the depths of her shoulder's bowl. 
plain misty in the sunlight that sparkles and glistens across the freckles of her shorelines. Our souls lie about naked in the astonishing bright of her glow. As I wade thigh high in the waning and ebbing of the pools of her flow, then I turn and walk away from the uncensored thoughts of my daydreams, thoughts untold. In peace. What a beautiful, beautiful piece. That was awesome, honey. Thank you, ma'am. You're very welcome. All right, tell everyone how they can come over and find you. Uh, Charles Hampton at Facebook. You'll find me. <laughs> very cool. All right, Charles, I'm so glad you were able to call in. I hope that you can do that more often because I really enjoy when you do. I've, I've been under the weather. I'm trying to get to the doctor tomorrow, as a matter of fact, try to get these lungs straightened out. But I'll good, be back. Good. Thank you, baby. <laughs> hope everything you, goes ma'am. well tomorrow. I know it will. And we'll talk to you yes, soon, ma'am. sweetheart. All right. Good day. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller. Dun, dun, dun. Mama. Yes, darling. I'm here. <laughs> I am here. Oh, you have been just a a uh, plethora of dropped <laughs> calls today. But you know what? At the beginning of every show, I write down all the calls so you didn't lose your place in mine. You're good. I'm going to go before we get started, though. I want to give the next three callers so they kind of have a heads up before we get started. Um, 765, 256, and 951. You will be our next three callers. All right, Mama, what's new in your world? What's going on with you? Well, I have had um, visions, and I've had dizziness. I've been in in the emergency room this week for um, that crazy um, dizziness that it makes you just feel like you're going to spin into another world. And um, <clears throat> it's called, uh, you know, kind of scary uh, vertigo. Uh, mm-hmm. And then um, I don't really know. I know the last time I had it before was because I had that tick that I didn't know I had under my ankle, a deer tick. I thought it was Lyme disease once I found them, but then it said it was vertigo, so... I don't know, maybe something bit me again, maybe a spider or something. I don't even know, but I know I had it again really bad, and I was thinking I was leaving here again. <laughs> oh. It's that scary. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced it, but your eyes go like goo-goo gaga, your head spins mm-hmm. around, and it's not even, not even moving. So I've been through that. But <clears throat> I had some visions, like when I sleep, I had these night visions, and I think the last thing, uh, I remember is Otto. I don't know if you all remember um, what he went through uh, being tortured over there with uh, Kim and his people. But I know his mother was just torn apart and his father was just torn apart. And if anybody ever seen any pictures of him, he was just a wholesome looking, you know, trying to help, you know, bring some normalcy to the world. He was just, he just had this unjaded smile, just a beautiful um, human being that you can see the pureness in him. And for some reason, he just kept coming to me. And I kept asking him in this in this vision, I kept asking him why was he there. I never really could figure out why he was there. So the name of this piece is called um, Otto. Otto. How many times did I call you? 
three times. We see your smile, clean cut, loving son of America. Why were you there? Healthy and young, smile unjaded, representing the better. Otto. 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 How many times did I call your name? Pure. Why were you there? Think you could spark some normalcy in society? Did you think you could seek? Did you think you could speak? And change the world Otto I saw you cry When you knew How your mommy Would cry I saw you In your agony I saw it in your eyes I saw it in your tears Agony of the worst kind Otto Otto your mother, she's crying. Your father is dying inside. They love you. I saw you looking for your mother with a face like an infant. Your mouth was just turned down like a baby, asking the universe why. Otto, Otto. Otto, why were you there? How many times did I call you? Wow. That was really strong, Mama. It just, that, that, that particular day just wanted to leave me alone. I just wanted to know. And I kept asking myself, you know, is this a journalist thing? Did he just let that fine young man just die? I mean, my God. You know, and when he gets home, he just dies on his parents like that. It's just, America is just, I just don't know. It just bothers me. If they would let that happen to him, a young, vibrant, handsome, you know, innovative, trying to do something positive for the world. You didn't see his smile. He was just so excited about being alive and really trying to make a difference. You just look in his eyes and when he showed that picture of him, his mouth just twitching, looking so sad, it's just pitiful. Yeah. So I'm going to go to my second piece. And um, I have a, a journal that I do keep by my bed, and that poem was in there. So uh, you said we should keep a journal. So I have another one. It's called uh, Today is a Peaceful Day. And then I have another one that um, I think might also be something nice to read for you, which is, um, let me see, Today's a Peaceful Day. It's right there. And, um, is that um, I had it just perfect. Okay, I'm just going to, because I can't find it now. I had it, uh, I think I lost the page. Uh, I want to take about a lot of time. So, uh, <clears throat> oh, here it is. It's called self examination. Being with self 
being with self most and not knowing who you are. You're with yourself the most and you know least about yourself. Learning, researching outside of self, seldom addressing the inside of self, needing to know more about self, exploring yourself like an uncharted sea. Why does this thing appeal to me? What makes me react, think, or feel? What and why? Makes my pleasure certain, triggered, what causes me to be strong or weak? How do I decipher reality? Do I love what I love and really hate what I hate? Did you teach me to hate? Do I love or hate unthinkingly? And I connected to my source. Am I connected to my God source inside? Or have I tried a ritual from tradition? Is all I know about myself is how to receive pleasure? Can I tolerate the fire? Am I open for change on this course? Do do I know more about you than I know about myself? If I find myself as a follower, would I know that my beliefs are bogus? Can I go inside and find my truth? Or am I too shallow to be deep? Am I too shallow to be deep? Finding myself is a question that I must seek. The being you spend the most time with about what you know the least self in peace. I love that. The person you spend the most time with, or the what was the last line? How to read that again so I don't butcher it? Is the person which you know the least. That's a pretty powerful line. <coughs> Excuse me, Mama. Great piece. Great job on that. I love that. That that was absolutely the perfect closing for that. You know, I love when you, you know, when you write a strong poem. Sometimes it's hard to bring it to its conclusion. You know, and and yeah. keep it strong. You know, but I love it when you read a piece and, you know, when, and the, and the last line actually anchors it. It was incredible. Yeah, well, I didn't, this is just the scraps of my, you know, you told us to jot down stuff, like, mm-hmm. so you can't hardly even really read it. Like, your handwriting is, like, not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's, like, really hard. Uh-huh. So, they haven't actually been put into um, you know, some type of a format where you can actually just really read it. So that input that you just gave me, you know, brings it, you know, a little bit more clarity to how I should leave it or at the Good. end. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome, uh, Mama. 
Tell everyone how they can come over and uh, become your groupie. Yeah, well, Vicky Aqua, that's Vicky with an eye. And I'm everywhere. You can just Google me and find out where I am. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Poetry Soup. And uh, Google loves to use my work for examples for certain things. And I don't even know some of the stuff I forgot that I even wrote. So just write in. Google Vicky Aqua. Look for me on Facebook or Poetry Soup. I'm sure I'm some other places too that I don't remember. Like I said, awesome. to shine. Get shine. I'm still a little dizzy. So uh, you ask how I was doing. And um, that's about it. I'm in dizzy last. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had that off and on once in a while, and it's uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I get it when I lay down. Uh, when I'm, I'm perfectly fine, yeah, but when I lay down at night, all of a sudden the whole world's swimming. You know, when, and you know when back yeah. in, in our days when we used to get really drunk, and you'd lay down, and the whole it's exactly like that. But I don't yeah. drink, so it's crazy. It's I fun, know. kind of. But it's, it's <laughs> scary too. It's scary too because you don't know if you're gonna where are you going to go, what dimension are you going to go to spending like that, you know, and I thought I was, I thought I was leaving here. And uh, so the doctor explained to me, it's called, it's called positional. Right? My Picasso so moments, position, right? <laughs> yeah, when you change positions, it starts, mm-hmm. if you even turn the head to the left or the right, it's like you start spending like, a, you know, like, where are you, where am I going? Am I leaving here? Just spending out of the, or, orbiting out of a, you know, my body, what is going on here? So I usually Too funny. So you need to write that's your time. prompt. You need to write about your you need to write about vertigo. Gosh. Yeah, I don't even I want know. to think about vertigo. <laughs> I will. Okay. All right, Mama, Thank we'll you. talk to you next week. Yes, you will. All God right. Will. Love you, honey. Thank you so much for being here tonight. You're welcome. Good night, Vicky. All right. Our next caller comes from area code two was it 256? No. Yeah, 256. 256, you're next. Well, hello there, Nyla. Well, hello there, sir. It is good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> this is Dan Phillips. Of course it is. <laughs> ah, this What's going on in your life? Easy. What is wonderful? Well, I've gotten both my poems finally in one with the uh, poetry of Spring and Grace and the other one with the Garden of Poetry and Prose. So they should be published around Tuesday, I guess, something like that. Or, you know, posted. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm I'm up on my game for a change. That's awesome. Hey, I've got some... uh... Some journals that just notified me and let me know that they are open for submission, so I'm going to be posting those on my page here pretty quickly, so keep an eye on my page for those. I will. And get some stuff sent out. Everybody keep an eye on my page when I put those on there yes. so you can submit to them. All right. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> so what would you bring for us tonight, love? Well, the first one is going to be a brevity. And this was written for Woman's Day. Yes. Oh, very cool. Yes. And it's sort of a, 
an affirmation and a uh, <laughs> enlightenment for uh, us. It's called woman. Know this as truth. The one with heart and strength enough to bring forth life, not the weaker, and peace. What? I was so short. I said it was brevity. I know, but I was expecting it to be long-winded brevity. Long-winded? <laughs> well, that's unique. I'll say that. So that's your new. That's a that's a writing prompt for you. That's that's a, needs to be title, a title writing prompt for you. A long-winded, long-winded brevity. Long-winded brevity. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> oh come on, uh, you'll have fun with that. All right, I'm gonna hear Nyla. <laughs> I don't believe I got myself into this again. If you brevity. call into the show, you might as well count on going home with having to do something. You know this. This is not your first rodeo, love. True. <laughs> okay. All right. I've got it listed and written down now. Okay. All right. I know how you love your homework. I I do enjoy the, the challenges. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Uh, well, the one I did for the garden, I don't know if I read this or not. Conformity, not. Does that sound like I, one I read? I don't remember, but I don't do as well with titles as I do once I hear the poem. But the thing that I always remind everybody is it doesn't matter if you've read something here before because there's people listening like my niece and nephew and his beautiful wife, uh, Trinity and, and Angel and Rosalind, and I don't know who else is listening. But, you know, they're all listening tonight, and they've not heard anything that you've read. So, you know, it's all brand new to them, so it doesn't matter. If you've if I've heard it before, I can listen to what you guys write 100 times in a row. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been posting this around. Uh So what are you saying? I'm getting someone's sloppy seconds. Ooh. No. (laughs) I I don't know about this. Okay, I'm just joking. Go ahead. (laughs) Sloppy seconds? I said you could could read it here a hundred times. I didn't say you could share it elsewhere. (laughs) Oh. I just feel so cheap now. (laughs) Say what? I said I feel so cheap now. You feel I'm greedy. Cheap. I, I, feel I, I want all your poems, everyone. <laughs> I don't care if you go out there a hundred times, just not leaving. Oh wow! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow! You can read them here a hundred times. That that was the important part of that equation. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, a funny girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stan, what you got for us? Okay. This is called Conformity Not. 
My words flow ungoverned to express with integrity who I am, what I believe, where I stand. Not to be beige in a beige world, vanilla in a white bowl, a whiskey glass of milk. I want to drive ideas, inspire imagination, instigate real debate, and at times amuse. Censorship is the cancer that attacks intelligence, infects chance at change, and denies ideals and ideas. Unconventional with pride. Never one size fits all. That is oppressive, offensive, and false. All souls are unique and matter. All voices the music of diversity. Not a soulless dirge, one note with no heart. And if I might offend, that is at least affirmation that you might be listening. And if you feel an apology is owed, I do not. But as a courtesy, I'll accept yours in peace. (laughs) Okay, so yes, I do remember that one, and I absolutely loved it, and I'm very glad that you share it again. That was phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. You were first. first. Yeah, see, everyone else got my my seconds. (laughs) Mm. Works for me. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely love that. There's, I mean, again, throughout the entire piece, there's really super strong lines, you know, almost like, you know that song in the 80s where they said, you know, don't forget to wear the sunscreen, whatever that song was. I keep forgetting what it is. Um, If you're not familiar with it, I'll find it and and send you the link so you can listen to it. But it kind of even reminds me a little bit about, a little of that, you know, just, you know, this is... This is just a simple truth, you know, and, you know, take it take it the way you're going to take it, but I'm not going to say I'm sorry for it, you know. Exactly. Every, it's the, exactly. Everybody's entitled, you know, and, and because I think maybe because I believe that so much in life, you know, I think that our diversity and the things that make us different are the things that make this world incredible. Can you imagine, you know, all these people running around saying you have to be our religion. No, our religion's right. No, our thoughts are right. No, this over here's right. You all need to be. Can you imagine how boring the world would be, how uncolorful and horribly, horribly mundane the world would be yeah. if we were all the same? You know, the fact Very that we are all different and all look at things different. You know, it's fascinating to me, and I want to know everyone's stories, and I want to know, you know, all of it. And I have mine, and I'm not going to say I'm sorry for mine because I don't expect you to say sorry for yours. Exactly. You know, when I come in your backyard, it's your rules. You know, we play we play on your swing set the way you want to play on your swing set. And when you come into my yard, you know, respect my teeter-totter. <laughs> well, the way I see I have it, such very- horrible metaphors. The way I see it is very simple. Being offended, insulted, or outraged is a choice. It's your choice to be offended, insulted, or outraged. You can choose not to be. More times than not, when I've heard someone say something that was maybe derogatory toward me, I would simply look at them, consider the source of that information, and realize 
their opinion was meaningless. Their perspective of no value whatsoever. And I just moved on. Yeah. It's kind of like when someone edits your piece. You know, they'll sit there and say, if you have a piece of writing and someone says, you know, it needs this and this and this and this. You take the parts and you use the parts that make sense to you and the rest of it you just move on from. You know, we don't all we don't all have to get pissed off at each other. We don't all have to agree with each other. I don't have to like what you say. I don't have to get upset about what you say. I can just keep going, you know, but I'll listen to what you have to say. I'll be respectful, you know. And I'm I'm not going to look at you different or treat you differently because you don't believe the way I do. I don't know. I'm just kinda of weird that way. I just I I love that everything is different. But I don't have to believe yeah. everything that you believe and you don't have to believe yeah. what I believe. Yeah. Like I I've told people there's a reason I get up in the morning and there's a reason I I go out in the in the early evenings. It's because I have never seen one sunset or one sunrise that was identical ever in my life. They are exactly. always different. So, yeah, and I want to see it. <laughs> All of them. All right, Stan, do me a favor, sweetheart. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Well, you can find me on Nyla Elisa's Speakeasy Cafe. You can find me on World Poetry Open Mic on Friday nights. Uh, if I get to it in time, you might catch me on Let's Talk About It which is on Fridays also, but earlier. Uh, you can also find me in the anthologies, uh, the 2017 and the 2018 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic. And the anthology that was put together by our friend Philip Kent Church, the Appalachian Outlaw Poet, of the Outlaw Poetries were in cahoots. All of those are on Amazon. And you can catch me Tuesdays, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, co-hosting with a lady named Holly Woods on a broadcast called The Hurt Locker on Epiphany Radio. That's also a blog talk. And that's about it. Fantastic. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you so much. Thank you for calling in and sharing tonight. I'm glad you were able to get through. Thank you. And on to the next. (laughs) Bye-bye, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 951. 951, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. How are you doing? I'm doing great, sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing well. This is Eric Devon for anyone listening. Um, Eric, it is amazing to hear from you. (laughs) That seems like a little hyperbole, but thank you. (laughs) What's that? I said, that seems like a little bit of hyperbole, but thank you. <laughs> I have my own opinion on this. It is fantastic to hear from you. Okay. I respect your opinion. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Silly. So what's been going on with you? What's uh, new in your world? What are you working on? What would you bring us? All that good stuff. Well, today was a big poetry day for me. Um, I had a friend um, who presented at um, a junior college for a bunch of at-risk teenagers and high schoolers. And we were presenting on spoken word um, as a means of addressing social justice and social issues. So, um, of course, he he asked me to come along and perform a pieces, which I did. I had a great time. Uh, But it was amazing the response that he got from these at-risk teens. I heard their mentors and their uh, caseworkers they told me, hey, 
that kid there, he never stands up. He never volunteers anything. And the fact that you guys got him to write something, stand at the front and get behind the mic and volunteer to share his story is incredible. So it was one of those really moving experiences hearing these students use their voices through poetry. You know, some of us for the first time never wrote a poem, and we had about, out of a room of maybe 50 or 60 students, we had about 13 who got up and volunteered to write and perform. That is so, phenomenal. Yeah, that yeah. And then That's I had to leave phenomenal. there early. <laughs> I had to leave there early, and um, I had my own presentation to make. At an elementary school, a teacher was te- is teaching poetry to her first and second grade class, and she knows that I do poetry. So she asked me to come and share, so I put together a presentation. So to go from doing social, a, a huge social justice high-energy poem to taking that energy and completely redirecting it, for first and second graders and really positive and it, it, it was crazy, but I did that for an hour and had a blast. Do you know, I won, speaking of first graders, I won my very first poetry contest in the first grade. Really? And you, do you want to know what that poem was? Do you want me to tell you my first grade I poem? I, I, I like tigers best. <laughs> I like tigers best because tigers are best dressed. Big stripes that stand out bold, big stripes of black and gold. That was my poem. <laughs> that's that's great. I can see why you in, won. In the first grade. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, really important, I like and I think, what you know, you talk about doing that and going to the school and things. I think that that's really important to do because, you know, I'd always played around with writing since I was old enough to write on the walls in my bedroom with crayons, right? Right. But, the first time I really took poetry seriously, I, I don't remember exactly what grade it was, but a guy came in and spent two days with us and talked about poetry. And he talked about oh, wow. how to put sentences together. And one of the things, the thing that I remember was he was talking about use surprising imagery. And maybe that's why it's so important to me. But the example he used is he said, one of the examples he used was uh, that when the, the sewer kisses the sea. You know, mm. using the the kiss word, which is something beautiful, to actually describe something ugly. You know, and how how when using something beautiful in comparison will make it more powerful. And I'll never forget that. And so you don't know what little Nyla was sitting in that classroom while you were there, listening, and you said something that had right. an impact on her. And that you know, x amount of years later, she's going to be sitting there sometime on a radio show, all because you inspired her to mm-hmm. be a writer. Well, I hope she ends up being a better writer than me. <laughs> you know, we always hope that those we influence will, will take the best of us and grow, right? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud That's of you for doing that. I think more of us should reach out in the community and share, especially with the at-risk stuff. I mean, I, you, this is, may right. not be something that you know, but I was raised in foster homes. And it was okay. really hard for me to open up because I moved around so much that I turned into a chameleon. Whatever surrounding right. I was in, I fit into. I became, you know, I could I could blend instantly, which has really helped me in my life. I mean, it was a growing experience and something I I can still do to this day. Um, but I never 
I, I, I said the things that I was supposed to say. I acted the way I was supposed to act. I was a chameleon. I fit into any situation. But you take those kids right. and you sit down and you share something with them as honest as your guys' writing, right? And you tell them right. that they have a voice. And not only have a voice, but that people are going to listen that's a powerful thing because kids in, in those situations, at-risk situations, in foster care, in the system, you know, who have trials that they're living through in life, the one thing that I think is universal for all of them is that they want, they want the world to shut up and stop fixing them and just listen. Just listen to me for one moment. Oh. You know, right. and so right. by you going out and giving them a pen, giving them a chance, that's what you were giving them. Yeah. Very Everybody, powerful. I think that's one of the most un, under, underserviced, under-recognized needs that humans have, just the simple need to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You might be older than me and you might be smarter than me, but you're not me. You haven't lived in my life. You don't know what's going on. And it, even if you and I lived the exact same life, we would perceive it different. So what I feel is not what you would feel. So shut up and listen. Exactly. Listen to these kids. You right. know, listen to people. You you can't listen. I remember one time my little sister and I got in an argument, and she kept and I was trying to explain something to her about my mom, and and uh, she told me, and I was, you know, I was crying and just, try, you know, really trying to get her to hear me. And I said, Rhonda, I just yeah. need you to really hear what I'm saying. And she goes, how can I, how can I listen if you won't shut up? Right. How can I, I listen I if you won't shut up? Too. That doesn't make sense. How can I listen if you don't shut up? Wait, wait, wait. That's what she said to you? That's what she told me. Yeah. How can I listen if you don't shut up? Oh, that's insane. <laughs> I'm going, huh? What? What? <laughs> Okay, all right, enough. You won't shut up. At that point, you recognize (laughs) this as a person I don't need to talk to. They're they're on a different agenda. Oh, it's funny. Okay, darling. People, I want you to tell to shut up and listen. What'd you bring us? What you got for us tonight? Proud of you, by the way. All right, since I've already done about well, thank you. Since I've already done about twelve poems today, I'm not really. trying to do anything heavy or take myself too seriously. I'm going to do a couple pieces out of my um, book, Aggressive, The Inherent Violence of My Beastly Unbecoming. But I'm going to do them from early on in the book when it's still light and fun and fluffy. So I'm not a, I'm not a fan of list poems, and I wrote a poem about that. <clears throat> How to Write a List Poem. One, walk into the bathroom and notice there is no tissue. No. One, buy tissue often. Two, stockpile. Wait. One, find out what gives you the emergency poop. Two, don't eat that shit. (laughs) Actually, one, don't watch counting poems. You don't want to be influenced by popular trends and fads. Hold on. One, Go to kindergarten and learn to count. At least to five, but sometimes as high as 20, although by that point you're probably rambling about a subject that no doubt has some sort of mass appeal since, after all, we are all creatures of the same basic experience. But 20 points is likely to be well over four or five minutes, depending on how fast you speak. But, of course, you do want the listener to hear and retain more than just the numbers, and really the list poem has been done to death, so 
One, be extremely creative with yours should you decide to write a list poem. Don't write one. And that's the end of that poem. <laughs> and then the next poem in the book. <laughs> okay. The next poem in the book is called 10 Easy Steps for Being Impatient. <clears throat> one, <laughs> crave juice. Two, pull into supermarket lot. Three, park car. Four, walk into store. Five, assess long ass lives. Six, perform cost benefit analysis. Seven, return to car. Eight, go home. Nine, drink water. Ten, pretend it's juice from a clear fruit. And those are my ten. <laughs> that was fun. You know, do you know what I really love yeah. about those pieces? Is a lot of times when people sit down to write, they think that they have to write a epic masterpiece, and it has, you know, they they it has to change the world, and has to blah 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 blah, and they something like this, which is is just playing with words, it's playing with thoughts, it's it's tickling things and having fun, and meant to make you smile, and it's playful. I absolutely love that because that tells me a lot about the writer. You know, we're supposed to be, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're a sandlot writer. You know, you you don't have okay. to make a perfect home run, but, you know, it is so much fun, I believe, for you to slide into home plate all muddy and bandaged and dirty and, 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 and scraped up and laughing and, and you know, when when I mean, you well, allow yourself have... to live life messy, you have so much fun. Yeah. When you pl- can play like that, I think that that is so important. I just, I can't tell you how that tickled me. <laughs> I'm glad. I do still, by the way, um, I do still have a scar on my on my hip from Little League sliding at the home plate. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing so that was that. a good analogy, oh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I had fun with that one. But like I said, today was really heavy with poetry, very thick with poetry, and I just wanted to cater to the asshole of me. <laughs> you know, I remember one time when I was little, I was trying to be all be all slick, and I was playing softball, and I was going to slide into home plate, and I'm running as fast as I can, and I purposely try to slide, but as soon as I hit, I just stopped like a rock. I didn't mm. slide. I just I just dropped on the ground and just sat there. And it was like the most <laughs> horrifying moment in my life. <laughs> I never did it again. <laughs> I, I was trying to be cool. It. I totally messed up. <laughs> yeah. All I'm, right, Eric. I'm going to laugh uh, that you enjoying the story. I'm not laughing at what you did. <laughs> you can laugh. At least it was that's funny. what I'm saying for the radio. <laughs> pretty much everywhere, um, or at least Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm most um, active. I also created an Instagram account for Innate Divinity Books, I-N-N-A-T-E, Divinity Books, all one word. And that's my Instagram. That's an Instagram for um, something I do. We we help people self-publish books. I also format books or edit or um, 
or I, I design covers as well and some selections from the I didn't know. I, you know that I do cover do design as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've awesome. got it on my page. I have a photo album with some covers that I've designed, books that I've done. Um, yeah, it's fun. I love doing that. Put um, Make sure that you – I mean, my my page on my Facebook thing is kind of like a public bulletin board. It's the, the bulletin board in the coffee shop, the Speakeasy Cafe, coffee shop, whatever it is. So, you know, utilize that to reach the network of writers that we have here with the show and, you know, post your information on that in case someone's looking at – you know, putting a book together or something. But, yeah, take advantage of that. You're more than welcome to post that stuff on my page. Very cool. I appreciate that. I always say I will, and I always forget. I'm, I'm going to try to remember <laughs> this time. That's okay. I keep reminding you. Okay. <laughs> All right, Eric, great job tonight. Thank you so much. That was a lot of appreciate fun. It. I appreciate it very, very cool. much. All, All right. right. Everybody Bye-bye, have a Great evening. See you later. Okay. All right. I heard a little one. All right. Our next caller comes from area code eight three two eight three two. You're on the air. Hey, this would be Amelia T. (laughs) This would be Amelia T. Davis, aka Houston, Texas, and I am. Thank you for asking. Something. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> What'd you bring us tonight? Guys, we got 33 minutes left, and I just got a whole bunch of callers on the line, so I think the lines are open. We're going to have to switch back to doing just one poem right now, or I'm not going to be able to get you all on tonight. So sorry to do that to you guys who are still online, but, yeah, otherwise you're not. I'm not going to get to you. So so does that mean I only have one poem? Yeah, you only get to do one or I'm not going to get everyone on. Yeah. I know, people yeah. meaning me. I know, I know. That's when it happens, but it has um, to be can, done. Can, can I ask you who is that Eric person? This I will is last put his link up for you. Okay, okay, fabulous. Um, okay, so this piece is called Time Machine. See, I come from another world where things were permanent. Not this temporary world of today where everything is quick, fast, and disposable. Where you catch feelings. It was about developing feelings. Where appliances were built to last decades not to be replaced in a few years for the newest version, where it took hours to prepare a meal, not ready in seconds, where conversations were one-on-one, in person or on a phone, not written in a text and disconnected, not where you had multiple sex partners, but multiple sex with one partner, where trust was earned and valued, not used as a weapon to destroy, where people were real, they didn't wear masks to hide. Music had a meaning and passion. Now, just garbage about that bling-bling or disrespect in women. When friends were loyal and always had your back, 
not like now, where they stab you in the back and degrade your name or for amusement. Where morals and values were lived daily, not one party's false platform. Where human life was exalted, not discarded on the streets like yesterday's garbage. Where men stood for strength, not breaking hearts, destroying lives, and walking away from their responsibilities. Where women were feminine, maternal, and genuine, not arrogant, self-seeking, and materialistic. Where the hell did society take a left turn at? I need to find a time machine. Excuse me as I sit back in this corner and hide from the entire human race. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. Fantastic job, Amelia. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come over and show you some love, honey. Okay, so I have two pages. They're both active. You can find me under Amelia T. Davis. That's E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S or Poetical Angel Queen. Much love, darling. Great job tonight, Amelia. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Blessings. Blessings to you. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Oh, yeah. Yes, good evening, Nyla. How are you? I am wonderful. Granville, how are you doing, hon? I'm doing great, Maria. Doing great. And I know know you're running short on time, right? Yeah, we're getting short on time. What would you bring for us tonight? I bring in the the, the last poem I I did for you that you say, like, She is Life. Oh, awesome. She is Life. This one is called She is Life. Oh, the light approaches. Clarity's brief moment of life. And I fathom the woman more. Her task. Her mandate, hope in the face of all this aridity and disenchantment. Yoked to her duties, the preservation men. Life she harbors, tis assures procreation and ever. The twain shall meet. There is great power at work here. It is palpable. My sister has always been a wonder to me. Standing aloof, I can see her mind at work. There is something about her I am ignorant of what secret she has the 
roving mind, the endless wonder. There seems no fathoming this. Never the scratch that would remedy her itch. Standing at life, I observe the affairs of the species, powers hidden within the flesh, scary and exhilarating. This is her task, an endless query, the woman nations lives inside her. Thank you very much. Thank you. I do absolutely love that piece. I'm really glad you shared it tonight, Granville. Thank you. You're welcome, my dear. You're welcome. All right. Tell everyone how to find you. Okay. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Granville John Hedrington. And you can check me out on iTunes, Spotify, and any other downloading media. You will find me there. Granville John Hedrington. Thank you very much, Nyla. Thank you. See you next week, hon. Yes, my dear. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 682. 682, you're on the air. Maybe. Try this again. Uh, 682, are you with me? Yes. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hi, I gotcha. Oh, okay. This is Richard. Hey, Richard. It's good to hear from you again. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back, and I have a poem. I am very glad. Please share. This poem is entitled, Miss Hunter's Tree. Branches and leaves catch ultraviolet rays. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Hello? Oh, hi. Yeah, Hello? You, I heard the first line, and then it just went blank. So I'm not sure what happened, so you may want to start again. We couldn't hear you. Okay. Uh, this poem is entitled, Miss Hunter's Tree, Branches and Leaves Catch Ultraviolet Rays. You can almost taste the cool summer shade. Little hands and feet are there most of the day. Marbles, jacks, and double dutch are played. Suburbia served on a tray beneath Miss Hunter's tree. On the highest branch between the leaves, a fortress of twigs house chicks who plead to their mother for the board they so need to grow, survive, and one day leave the nest. A budding ornithologist adjusts their shutter speed Beneath Miss Hunter's tree, young lovers savor this cozy sight. Anticipation declares the moment is right. They begin to coddle with all their might. Carved initials on the trunk reveals their plight. They share a kiss and a bit of moonlight bloom beneath Miss Hunter's tree. It's the end of that poem. I love that poem. 
If I wasn't, if I had more time and we weren't running low on time, I would tell you a plethora of reasons why and stories and, and just the whole <laughs> nostalgia of it. I mean, it's absolutely a perfect example of what I call a slice-of-life poem, that it doesn't matter what you're talking about, it immediately takes us to our own tree. It immediately takes us back, and, and, and we're underneath the branches of our memories, even though they're your memories. It may it make it's very accessible, beautiful piece. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my darling. So you've been kind of making it a habit of calling in. This makes me very happy. I mean, you're part of the family now, and and uh, I hope you just keep this up. I love this show. I mean, I, I really do, and I, I look forward to talking to you. I really do. <laughs> As well as I do you. Thank you so much, Richard. Do me a favor, honey. Tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, I'm at uh, PoetrySuit.com under the name Richard Evans, and I'm also on Facebook. Very cool. All right, and we will see you next week. Yes, you will. And God bless you. God bless you as well, hon. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great piece. All right, our next caller comes from area code. Boy, we're just doing this right along. We're doing awesome. 585, you are on the air. Well, hello, hello. This is Doug Curry. How are you? Mr. Doug Curry, it is so good to hear from you, my dear. It's good to be heard from. (laughs) How is life treating you? What's been going on? Life has been very well. I've been doing a lot of theater work. And that takes, as you know, a lot of rehearsing and a lot of time. And in the past two months, I've been in four different productions because it's that season. And uh, in your local community theater, when you become known to the people, you know, they they reach for who's reliable and who's willing and who, who doesn't have a life so that they can come to all the rehearsals <laughs> and all the shows. Yeah. Now I'm doing oh, that's at funny. It. So that has really curtailed my Thursday night, but we just finished our rehearsal. We have a five-show run over this weekend, and uh, although I haven't been here, I've been doing a lot of of, uh, of theater, although I haven't been here, I've been writing a lot of poetry. It's, it's funny when you are given over to uh, making someone else's words come alive, you want at some point to make your own come alive. And so I've been writing even as I've been, you know, in acting plays that have been written by someone else. You know, there's a so real anyway, easy explanation on why that happens. And it, it goes right along with what I talk about at the beginning of the show when I give out homework and assignments and things like that. By being involved in that, you are feeding your creative side. And so right now your creative side is like in hyper mode, you know, because of all of the work that goes into into creating this. You're not just a poet, you're an artist. And so what you're doing right now with your acting is feeding that that creative part of your soul. And when you feed something, it gets all this energy and gets all excited and just goes into overdrive. And that's why I'm always talking to people about, you know, you have to, even if you're not sitting down and writing a poem, you have to do things that feed your creative side. You know, so it makes perfect sense that it's making you want to do that right now. And not not to mention the fact that when you are doing acting, you are bombarded with creativity because you you know unless you're in a, a one person show, you are surrounded by 
actors of all ages, colors, shapes, sizes, and sexes, and and all of them have something that makes your eyes pop out, you know, and you just mm-hmm. feel kind of blessed among them. And then you got a director who sees things happen before they happen. That's why he's a director, and he puts you where you should be, and you think you're smart for it, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you're at, right. I mean, it's, it's a creative. So is anybody going just, to film this? Is there going to be any videos of this? We will see, but I think there may. And in, in that case, I would be in touch with you, and if you'd like to see, you can. I want to so badly, I can't stand it. Uh-oh, and I'm going to have to insist that they do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that would be amazing. Doing, yeah, I've been doing some writing. I've been thinking about a period of um, time in my life. I often say I'm from Harlem, but, you know, I lived in Harlem when I was born till I was nine, but then I lived in the Bronx from the time I was nine till I was 18, which is an equal span and an equal influence. And in the 1960s, I lived in the Bronx. I wrote this poem because I was a baseball player, and I wrote this poem called Los Immigrantes. poem is in Spanish, and I have the translation. Los Immigrantes. En los 60, en la Liga Nacional, éramos una fuerza de naturaleza. Teníamos en su fuerza elegancia y orgullo. Entre nosotros tuvimos un ponderoso toro baby. En la Liga, él se llamaba Chacha, Orlando Cetera. Y todavía recuerdo con mucha maravilla, majestuoso como el pavo real, Juan Marichal. Y sobre todos, una estrella superior de todos, el hijo orgullo de, lo, de las boricuas, el mayor de todos, Roberto Clemente. Éramos algo de todos, morenos, indios y blancos, dominicanos, boricuas, mexicanos, y cualquier otra cosa. Pero éramos igualos, iguales en estilo, ardiente y animado, y orgulloso. Hijos de nuestras sierras, éramos los translation. In the 60s, in the National League, we were a force of nature. We had a unique style in its strength, elegance, and pride. Among us, we had the powerful baby bull. In the league, he was called Chacha, Orlando Cepeda. And I still remember with much wonder, majestic as a peacock, Juan Marichal, and above all, a star superior to all, the proud son of the Puerto Ricans, the greatest of all, Roberto Clemente. We were something of everything, brown, red, and white, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, and anything else. But we were of the same style, hot, lively, and proud. Children of our land, we were the immigrants. That was that you said in poem? Yeah. Roberto Clemente was a handful. I mean, that that man, you know, in in a era and generation where most people unfortunately still demanded subservience out of, mm-hmm. you know, um you know the black ball players that anybody who wasn't you know the the old boy club Babe Ruth you know right 
it, it, just baseball is just barely unsegregated. He, you know, and people, they always said, you know, that uh, Jackie Robinson didn't get brought up to the major leagues because he was the best baseball player, but they knew that he would be able to do it with the grace that needed to be done to be the first. And, right. you know, he really was, and just the perfect player. He had the temperament for the role he had in in history. But Roberto Clemente, oh, my God, <laughs> that was a man that was – that that walked walked through life and every situation with a crown on his head, and you did not question that man. You did not get on his bad side. He was proud. He was fierce. He was uh, mouthy, <laughs> always in trouble because he didn't know his place. You know, I I he is like my I loved him. Oh, he was such a sassy frat. <laughs> You know the thing was that when you have a baseball league, the the players from opposing teams are not supposed to fraternize. Okay, so you might have a, a team that had two Latin ball players. One was from the Dominican Republic, one from Mexico. They don't basically even speak the same language. Okay, mm-hmm. then you're gonna play against another team, and they got three Latin ball players from Puerto Rico, the Bronx, and somewhere else. So when they're all running around the field warming up, these Latin ball players are talking to each other and they're talking in Spanish. Of course, the white ball players don't know that they're not being talked about like a dog because they feel like maybe there's a reason why they should be, right? And so they had rules in clubhouses, no Spanish to be spoken. And uh, so there's a there's a story about Orlando Cepeda, whose father was a great ball player in Puerto Rico. That's why he was called the baby bull because his father was El Toro. And so they, they tell the story that Cepeda was talking with another Latin ball player, and somebody came over and said, English, English, English. You know, like you got to talk English. And Cepeda turned around and told him to kiss my ass. He said, now, is that English <laughs> enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, was, I, I have a soft spot for the sassy. Yeah, that was part of the, of the golden age of baseball where where mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Robinson had opened the door and in rushed Roberto Clemente and, and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. Do you realize, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take forever with this, but do you realize that at a certain point the ball players would vote for the all-star team because who knew better than them? So when it came to the outfield, they were only three, play, three starting positions to have. Well, Willie Mays was God. He had one of them. He was the center fielder, and that's all it was at. So that means that somebody had to sound among these Hall of Famers, Roberto Clemente, uh, Hank Aaron, Frank Robinson, and then whoever else was having a breakout season. Some Somebody had to sit down. And these were all Hall of Famers. It was a brown wave that began with uh, Jackie Robinson and, and the Hispanic ball players that followed suit and uh, – it was the greatest era of baseball right there in the 1960s. You know, I think one of the saddest things ever is that um, the Negro, and you and I, you know, you and I someday are going to have dinner together and we are going to sit for hours and talk about baseball, old baseball. Um, but this one of the saddest things ever is that the stats from the Negro League players, their games, the things that they did, were never taken seriously or recorded 
or whatever because they blew away most of the Hall of Famers records. You know, for the number of home runs per game, the number of home runs per season, the numbers of stolen bases. I mean, that's that goes to Cool Papa Bell. Period. Nobody stole as many bases as him ever. He understood that Josh Gibson was the greatest home run hitter ever. And, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have statistics that everybody would universally recognize. But I'll tell you what, they had lore. And they talked about, oh, Satchel Page. I saw Satchel Page knock a bat out of man's hand. That's how hard he threw. <laughs> so hard. The man's supposed to hit the ball. Knock the bat out of man's hand. <laughs> and that, but, you know, it's exaggeration. But they wanted you to know that this was something special. You never saw this because you didn't avail yourself of it. So, yeah, someday uh, I'm buying way. you dinner, and you and I are going to sit and have dinner, and we're going to talk baseball because it is so cool to be able to carry on a conversation with someone who's passionate and knows what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I can't have conversations like this with people because they just don't know the, that history, you know, and it's something I'm very passionate about and love. So I I all of that is that as I finish this production that we're doing this weekend, I'm going headlong into Fences by August Wilson which I don't know if you know the play, but it takes place in the 1950s in Pittsburgh, where I used to live, and it is a story of some ex-Negro League ball players and their life after being in the game. So, it, you know, it's a round world, isn't it? That's incredible. So All right, we need, to talk. we need to talk later off the show because I want to know about that too. I'll Anytime. fly out there to see that. Yeah. I'll, I'll hit you up, okay? Okay. Anyway, All I'm right. Doug awesome. Curry. I'm Doug Curry. I can be found under my name on Facebook. I can also be found under the name of my radio program where I'm in the studio about to record. It's called Blacks and Blues. It airs Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at www.wrur.org for three hours. And then on Saturday night uh, at 10 o'clock Central Time at WDC. B. dot org in Chicago, and you know it, it keeps me hopping. I'm you know I'm just trying to not be an old man. You know I'm trying to do some radio. I'm trying to do do some theater and I do some poetry. And you know one day I'll turn up dead, man. And at least it won't be for not living. <laughs> oh, great job, sweetheart! Thank you so much for calling in tonight. I look forward to talking uh-huh. to you more. A pleasure whenever I can get here. I do I do appreciate you providing the platform. Oh, my pleasure, Doug. Thank you, honey. Okay, babe. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and grab area code 503. 503, you are on the air. Hi. Hey. What's going on with you? Hi. Uh, I had a stroke. What? Yeah, seriously. I'm old. Anyway, I don't want to waste time. You can talk to me off the air. His phone okay. is called after. His phone is called aftertaste. Forty-five years ago today, Terry Smith had a birthday. The Quakers came out to play, and strawberry wine was free. Then Cheryl pooped on my shoes. Debbie being so amused, and Tim ran off confused. And on tiptoes, you kissed me. Last night, I dreamed of you. Waking this morning, blue, an aftertaste, my clue. 
at last caress a hollow key. Now I sit in one's life, last night's dream and flight. I my best to write, to conjure thee. Ah, but my facts aren't in time, and off beat to the rhyme. This darkened glass is mine. It's through an off beat glass I see. <laughs> I know some of those names. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> you were among that crowd. Anyway, yes, I was. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes. Get to get to another crowd and check my Facebook page. Uh, you know, um, there is a beautiful drawing of my eighth grade picture of Tinsling, and it's right on top. And it's done by the girl that I wrote that poem to. Okay. I will PC do that you, for Nyla. sure. All right. Peace be with you, Nyla. Bye. You want to tell everyone how to find you, baby? I just did. You can't find me. I mean, I'm hidden. Huh. Living All right. Down. Come on. But, you know, <laughs> the good news is I'm cancer-free. All right. Peace be with you. Bye. Bye-bye, John. Thank you, sweetheart. All right, Mr. John Cave. All right, our next caller comes from area code. I want to let area code 240-757 and 951 know that if you have not read yet and you wanted to read, go ahead and press 1. Um, otherwise, I'm glad you're here. I'm going to go ahead and grab area code 608. Hey, Fuzzy Hermit on the, the road. Skin of your teeth. Yeah, I know. It's good to hear from you, darling. I'm awesome. Good. I got a cold. Again? Well, I had the flu for two weeks. No, I had the flu for about two weeks, and then I had about, I don't know, maybe a week. And then uh, Monday, I got a stuffy nose and a headache, but fortunately it's going away already. Now I just have some congestion. Well, you still sound better than you did the last time you called in. Scared the heck out of me the last time you called in. Yeah, well, I wasn't happy, Um, especially because I had the flu. Yeah. So what do you have for us tonight, my love? Something I just wrote, and I don't know if it's finished, but I'll read it. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's entitled, Moving Forward. I want to continue forward, not seeing anyone I know from my past, while still leaving the door to my past open. It is a bit difficult doing my best not to look over my shoulder. No time for nostalgia. No time for reminiscing. Memories I can recall when I feel the need. For now, I need to focus on continuing forward. The anxiety still beckons as the tinnitus rages and the depression ebbs randomly. My nemesis ever influencing almost every move I make. Shall I stay here another night? 
when the mountains call to me. Postpone the drive once again, Mother Nature calling the shots. Windows of opportunity open, then close before I can make a decision. Frustration sets in, doing my best to breathe. Mindfulness, my friend, and Paul. Wow. Even more powerful knowing with me knowing what's going on with you right now. That's really good, right, honey? Thank you. Yeah, You're I was, very welcome. Um, I'm in, I'm in Trinidad. Oh, really? Yes, it was 69 degrees here on Tuesday. See, that's perfect weather and for me. It's too warm for me. Even even at 35 degrees, this when it's clear skies, the sun's too warm. Um, but uh, it snowed like two inches last night, or yesterday and last night, and uh, it's gone. <laughs> I miss the yeah, snow. Yeah, that's Colorado. Again. That's Colorado. Yeah, I I I missed it. The I, I you probably saw. Um, they got a blizzard up north. Colorado Springs to probably Cheyenne, I don't know. And then east from there, 25 was closed. Uh, I'm in Trinidad because I want to go to Pagosa Springs, and 160 has been closed. Um, it opened today, but they still have avalanche warnings, and I have to drive through Wolf Creek Pass, and I'm waiting until the avalanche uh, risk number whatever it's called it's like four or five right now i want to wait till it drops um mm-hmm. then go on to durango and then up to tell your ride unless i feel like going to four corners um and then i'll see where i'll go from there i'm so jealous i'd be out there digging fossils <laughs> everywhere especially there Panning for gold. Here in Trinidad? Here in Trinidad? Everywhere. Around. Yeah, all over. Yeah. Especially where you're at, yeah. Oh, I did I did drive into New Mexico and hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was warm and the sun was going down and it just kept getting drier and looking more desert like. Yeah, you would so like turn it. around it's and came back here. too hot, way too hot there for you. Well, I, I've watched the weather a lot. Well, you know that. I talk about it all the time. Um, and uh, I was going to go down there because it was supposed to be colder up here. And then when I, I only got as far as a place called Maxwell. I think it's like 30 minutes. Stopped at a rest stop and then drove south to the next place I could turn around. Then I met somebody here in Trinidad the other day who told me that they had been through Albuquerque and it's a complete shithole now. Albuquerque Gangs have taken over. Horrible. Yeah, I've actually had two people tell me that. It's absolutely not a place you'd want to be anyway. It's way too big of a city for you and your dogs. So yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'll call you and we'll talk about this stuff off the air, but. Now yep. what I need you to do is to tell everyone how to find you. You can 
find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. And put it in the Facebook search box and you'll find me there. With the cool composite picture that Nyla made for me. Yes, I did. I'm waiting for her to make me a new one with the newer picture I have. But, I don't um, know if I can get it. Uh, if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. It was published in January or February 2012. You can find it on Amazon. Um, and now, as I said it when I answered, uh, I am now Fuzzy Herman on the road. Fuzzy Herman on the road. I like it. Yeah. You're my gypsy hermit. Mm-hmm. I like it. We're working on the fuzzy part. I'll, I'll talk you into shaving. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it in, what, how many years? A bazillion years, but one of these days. Yeah. All right. I'm really glad you called in. I had to send you a reminder. I texted you everything. So I saw your number pop up, and I got all happy. We've missed having you mm. here. I get yeah, asked all the time where you are too. and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, he's just out there in the world just, you know, being a nomad. It's and, culture and I know. I know. I mean, that's what but happens. I'm very jealous. I would love to do what you're doing right now. What happens when you're a hermit? pretty much for 15 years. The biggest you Seriously, is, seriously, one sapien, you have no idea. I would give anything in the world to be able to do what you're doing right now, to be able to just go and go and explore and be wherever I wanted to be, and I didn't have to answer to anything. I could do whatever I wanted, go anywhere I wanted, I, I I am just you have no idea. I want to be you right now, without the beard. Except except for that, and the anxiety still beckons as the tinnitus rages, and the depression ebbs randomly. My nemesis, ever influencing almost every move I make. Yeah, but as the temperature rises, just go further up the mountain, honey. Yeah, you do that. Just, I mean, oh. seriously, all you have to do is go further up the mountain. The further up the mountain you go, the cooler it stays. Except I'm still concerned about now having a cold versus two weeks have a, two weeks ago having a flu and going up to a higher elevation. That's true. All right, I will call you Bye. after the show. Well, not tonight, but I'll call you tomorrow, and uh, we'll get all caught up, okay? And what? We'll get all caught up. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't hear all right. that. Sorry. I have one more right. caller to bring on, it looks like, and then then it looks like we'll be done. All right. I'm glad you were able to call in. I'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? All right. Thanks, Nyla. You're have welcome. Have a great weekend, honey. everybody. All right. Night, sweetheart. All right. Area code 240. 240, you're on the air. Good evening, everyone. Hi, Nyla. It's Meg. <laughs> How is it that you two always seem to call back-to-back? I have no idea. 
have no idea. That is really weird. Like the last three or four times that you've called in. I know, right? You guys have been side by side. That's that's just like do 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 Twilight Zone stuff. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> so what's going on with you, love? Oh, not much. Not much. Um, someone wants to set me up on a blind date tomorrow night with uh, meeting a trucker at a truck stop. Sounds eerie. I think I've watched too many Joyride movies. I you know? don't. Like, uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly. like a bad porn vampire flick waiting to happen. <laughs> I think I'll write the book while I'm at home eating popcorn and popsicles. <laughs> and you said your mom did that? No, no, one, two of my friends want to set me up with some random trucker, and he's like, "We'll all meet up at a truck stop," and I'm like, "I'm thinking about." You know, not that, not that 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 truck driver. There's anything wrong with truck drivers, but the thought of going on a blind date with somebody at a truck that drives truck at a truck stop, that's just that's just too plot worthy. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, they're coming with, but. I don't know. I think I might just completely bail out and say my friend got the toilet If you've got the buddy plan going on and you're sure they're not all part of a vampire cult, go. Yeah. (laughs) Now you have me watching The Lost Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't like watching The Lost Boys, though? (laughs) I know. I know. The cesspool is dry out here in Maryland. Just dry. (laughs) So I, I think I'm just going to bail out and say my son dropped in the toilet. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. No, thanks. My goldfish house flooded. I can't make it. You know. <laughs> if you have any questions, call Michael. <laughs> no, he's probably oh. a really nice guy, and he's going to be all brokenhearted because you don't show up and, you know, just some nice, good company and some good talk and some good coffee might be good for you. I would go. As long as you have a buddy plan, I would go. <laughs> as I'd long do. as he doesn't bring his mother, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now we're just freaking you out. He's probably a really sweet guy. <laughs> yeah, we've gone Joyride Moss, boys. <laughs> Twilight Dawn Breaking Saga is next. <laughs> I like to be a poet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> What'd you bring uh, for us tonight, love? Uh, I'm going to read an oldie book, Goody. <laughs> you always have me laughing so hard I'm crying. Um, I'm going to bring an oldie book, Goody. Um, I'm going to bring um, my poem, Dream. Dream of a world different from ours, where people have food, shoes, and a home. Little we see of a simple dream of this. Dream of a world where all races are in the same room, lights on, doors shut, and chatter and happiness is evident. Today, only in one mind, one dream. Dream of a moment in time when a homeless person aids another in prayer, peace, and song. When homeless ones lack for nothing but what clothes to wear, choose from. Take a glimpse of what the future of the next generation may bring. And in that, smile. For teenagers are in church, abortion no longer legal, and hope. Hope grows on flowers in one's backyard. End poem. 
grows on flowers. That was beautiful, sweetie. Thank you. That was my very first poem when I was 15 years old. Wow. Well, then it's not that old. Oh, yeah. I'm only 22 now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the part you said homeless in there made me think about, I was in town today, and I was driving down Lancaster Street, and I looked over on the side of the road, and I would have given anything to have my camera and take a picture, but I didn't know the people, and it would have been an invasion of privacy for me to do that. And I could have mm-hmm. gotten out and said, hey, can I take a picture of you doing this and you know, tried to explain it, but it would have lost its magic. And so I just had to be you know, resolved to just record it with my eyeballs and in my memory. And just be, but it was a perfect picture. It was, a, it was sad but beautiful at the same time, and it was this homeless couple. And they had the, they were sitting on the side of the road on the curb, uh, not the curb of the road, but like a little uh, curb of a flower box, um, mm-hmm. this, this flower box next to So they were like sitting on a flower box on the sidewalk next to the curb of the road. So they were like, but they were like right there on the road with me when I was at the stoplight. And they're sitting there and all bundled up, and he's got his arm around her, and she's got his head laying on his shoulder, and they're sitting there with one of those big scratch lottery tickets. And he's, you know, he's sitting there with his arm around her. She's got his head resting on his shoulder, chest kind of, and she's sitting there, and he's watching her while she scratches the lotto ticket. And I thought, you know, that, that it, was like, it was like a perfect, I can't even describe how perfect of a picture that would be. You know the the volumes it spoke that it said, you know the the story in it. Um, it's really sad I couldn't take a picture of it, but uh, I think I remember that always. But when you said homeless, that that kind of triggered it for me. I must have seen something when I was younger that really bothered me, and I still to this day don't know what it was, like with the homelessness, um, and it must have really been an enthralling moment for me because that's where my head was at 15 at 15 years old so and I've believed in that all my life all my life you know wanting to eat and helping so and there's um a few opportunities that have opened up out here that I'm actually I may delve into so um, there's some good energy out there for me, and we'll see. We'll see what the stars been. All I could think are. about was how cool it would have been if they won, and you know what they right. how that would change a life. You know, go mm-hmm. somewhere warm and not worry about the next meal, and not be out in the cold, and you know to be able to have a roof over your head and turn the heat up. Things that most of us take for granted, you know, and just the tenderness between the two of them when I was watching them was just incredible. You know, I just made me want to get out and hug them and, 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 you know, I wish I was a millionaire at that moment. I could have been, could have made a difference. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Well, you make a difference beautiful and sad and, and amazing and tender and, yeah. I feel what you're right, saying. Right, Meg, tell everyone how to find you. There's a gentleman out here like that too. So I, I get it. And, um, one day I'll share that story with you. His name is Mr. Kingsley, and um, he's a beautiful soul, but 
Um, he gets treated like dirt sometimes, but, you know, he has the heart of a saint. So he's just, you know, um, he's just had struggles. That's all. So he does what it is, you know. Um, but we have to help each other in the world. It'd be a better place. Be a better okay. place. All right. How do people okay. find you, my love? Um, you can find me on Facebook under Meg Collins. You can also find me on Twitter under Meg Collins. And I am also on Instagram under Meg Collins. And you can find me here on the show. You can also find my two books. On Amazon, Twinkle Twinkle Starry Sky, and my magnum opus, which is a decade of my poetry. Very cool. All right, Missy, I'm really glad you were able to get in tonight and share, and I appreciate you and thank you. Oh, you're welcome, sweetie. Love you guys. Good night, Michael. Good night, Nyla. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night, sweetheart. All right, everyone, you have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I am really glad that you are all here tonight. I am going to close the show with a piece by uh, Jeff Stumpo called Love After Marriage, and we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. If I ever go blind, my wife will build in the backyard a life-size model of a rhinoceros detailed down to the pebbled skin and a mechanical swishing tail. She will produce a giraffe complete with ladder and safety harness. She will include in our private zoo rabbits, Gila monsters, a pool full of rubber sharks and goldfish, all the dangerous and silent animals of the world I could never otherwise enjoy, and one live billy goat just to f*** up with me. If I ever lose my hearing, she will purchase 300 chinchillas, lay me down in a small dark room and play club music and Shostakovich as they scamper over my body. She will pour icy water over my head and back during the bassoons and the nutcracker suite. She will slap my stupid face if I ask for the murder city devils and as for Gardel's tango, por una cabeza or buena by morphine. For some things, there are no words. If I ever lose my sense of direction... It will be absolutely no different than now, and she'll still be the one holding the map on road trips. This is love after marriage. If she sends me to the store and has only written cereal on the grocery list, I know which one is her favorite, and that she will invariably have wanted something different by the time I get home. This is what it is to be psychic after marriage. Sometimes she tells me I am so damn hot. And that means sleeping on the couch, because really, I'm so damn hot. This is the revocation of metaphor after marriage. So keep your roses red, your violets blue, keep your angels singing, your stars shining, keep your poetry. You don't marry someone for their poetry. You marry them for showing you all the white space that remains, for being okay with never filling it all.